Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today it is time to break down the GHSA Boys Basketball State Playoffs with some bracketology, your favorite time of the year, bulletin board material. Remember, I can only pick eight winners. There's eight classifications. Only eight teams I picked to win state championships, so I guess... Uh, there's going to be a lot of angry folks, it feels like. 128 games we're going to try and break down, or at least touch on every single one. But before we do, want to talk about the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School, an opportunity for players to get some skill work in, break down into gameplay, do it in front of media members such as myself, videographers, photographers, uh, going to invite some college coaches as well to hopefully be there. Just another opportunity to break off the rust and prepare for travel ball season, which, again, I know gets started sooner and sooner, earlier and earlier every year. Um, But the boys will go at 4 p.m. on March 17th at Gainesville High School and probably wrap up around 8. More information on sandyspiel.com and on Twitter at KyleSandy355. Still have some spots left. All right, let's jump right into it. Class 7A, try and break things down here. Obviously, Grayson is the team to beat, a nationally ranked program, but let's see if anybody else has an opportunity to make some noise here. We'll start at the top left-hand side. Brookwood, 16-12 and 12 overall, Region 4, number 3 seed. They were ranked in the top 10 earlier in the season. They will play Valdosta, 21-6, and 6, the 2 seed out of Region 1, and I believe they may have cracked into the poll for a week or two. Earlier this year, Valdosta coming off a 49-44 loss to Camden County in that region championship game. Uh, There is a lot of size when you go down south. And Valdosta, they have Izzy Jenneret, a really good shot blocker, a big body that has trimmed up himself into being uh, in much better shape, gets up and down the floor, uh, is uh, a load to deal with on the block with post moves. He can score. Uh, and, and we're talking about a kid that's about 6'11", so he's a big body that must be accounted for. They do have good guards. Uh, Jabari Williams was a Region 1 Impact Player of the Year. Eric Love is a, a really good uh, young guard as well that can really push the pace. Grant Jackson was a second-team all-region pick, and Chase Holmes, honorable mention. You look at what Brookwood has done this year coming out of Region 4, having to see the likes of Archer, Grayson, Newton, South Gwinnett. Just the fact that Brookwood was able to make it to the tournament is a testament to what Corey Kaysen is doing over there, getting Brooklyn back on track. They beat Archer 60-51 to grab the three seed. And prior to that, uh, Brookwood knocked off South Gwinnett 50-45 to to make it to the state tournament. So Brookwood playing pretty well. And, hey, what about in that semifinal round? 78-67 loss to Grayson, only lost by 11 points. So Brookwood um, looks like they're trending upward in the right director, uh, direction right now. Alex Young was a second-team all-region pick for the Broncos. Um, they also get some contributions. Nick Lumpkins was an all-defensive team uh, standout for the Broncos. Elijah Milliner, R.J. Williams, Marcus Parks, all those guys, honorable mention picks. Uh, this game is going to be played in Valdosta, and I think that's going to be a really tough travel situation, and I know Valdosta is going to have that size advantage inside. And 
I think when you have good teams from South Georgia and, you know, sometimes we have good teams that are legitimate top 10 programs and other years we just don't necessarily maybe have that as much. I think South Georgia on the boys' side is pretty strong this year. And I think the fact that Brookwood's going to have to go down to Valdosta, I think that might be tough. Um, So I like the Wildcats to advance past Brookwood and make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, we have Marietta versus Campbell. In the uh, let's see the first round here, uh, Marietta eleven and sixteen, a four seed out of Region Three. They are playing Campbell, who we just mentioned, fourteen and thirteen, the Region Two champs. Believe it or not, they had David Clark transfer out in the off season to Wheeler, um, where he's playing a role on the bench. Uh, when he was a, a starter and a standout for Campbell. Uh, but losing such a key piece like that, Coach James Gwynn, a legendary head coach, has won a lot of games over there, uh, has continued to keep this uh, Campbell ship rolling in the right direction and, and really doing it without uh, the need for a lot of transfers every single year. They were able to capture that region championship, a region that was kind of down this year. Uh, four teams made that region tournament, but Campbell, uh, they knocked off Carrollton 48-47, and then in the championship, they beat Pebblebrook 56-53, so vibes are high right now in Campbell High School. Uh, they lost to Marietta earlier this season, 69-56, uh, a bit of a surprise there. Marietta has been a surprise this season. I know they're just 11-16, and 16, but Coach Hood, they kind of trimmed the fat off the roster. They got guys that are buying in. And they're having a really successful season. And they're always really tough to deal with. Coach Hood has pulled some rabbits out of his hat before as an underdog. Uh, so I think Campbell's going to have to play very well to win this game. But Campbell, they do have some standout players on that roster. Um, Feroy High was a first-team all-region pick. Also, you got some contributions from Jalen Chivas and uh, Kalen Robertson was a second-teamer. But you look at what Marietta has done. Again, a, a dark horse, an underdog team. Um, they were led by Keyshawn Dickey, a first-team pick, and then Jackson Burjoyce, uh, a second-teamer. I like Campbell to win this game. Uh, I know, I, I feel like what I just mentioned, they're playing pretty well right now, And but Marietta, you know, playing with house money is going to be dangerous. That's not a very far trip away at all, Marietta to Smyrna, um, but I'm going to go with Campbell to eke it out in what should be a pretty competitive game. Next up, you have Berkmar, 20-7, and seven, Region 7, number 3, currently ranked number 9 in the state. They play Lambert, who is 18-10, Region 6, number 2. Uh, Berkmar has struggled with Norcross uh, throughout the season, and that's why they find themselves in that 3 spot. Uh, they were defeated by Norcross 54-51 in that semifinal matchup, but then they rebounded 65-55 over North Gwinnett. With that being said, they're playing a Lambert team that really hit their stride around Christmas time, uh, but then they got into uh, region tournament play, or just region play in general, and Milton started to really take off and got hot. But prior to that, Lambert looked like they might be the team to beat them in West Forsyth coming out of region six. But Lambert is tough with Will Doffer inside, uh, a guy that can play inside but is really good on the perimeter, super explosive, will streak down the lane for slam dunks. They got some really nice uh, playmakers that can pass the ball. Brooks Weeman, a really good, I believe it's a lacrosse player. Um, doesn't necessarily look like a basketball player, but if you underestimate him, he is a, a dazzling point guard that gets his teammates involved. Really fun to watch. They can play super fast. And then Cam Bland is uh, only about six foot tall, maybe, uh, but another explosive athlete, a three level scorer. If he's knocking down outside shots, um, they can be very, very difficult to beat. Um, 
But I'm going to go with Burkmar here, even though Burkmar did lose uh, Eddie Cook in the middle of the season. That's kind of tanked him a little bit. There may be around 8-5 and five or something like that after he left around Christmas time, around the New Year's. Um, they've still been a, a strong team, but I don't think they necessarily have quite as high of a ceiling now with him gone. Makai Raglin, I think he's going to be a key factor in this game with his size and skill. I think he's going to be tough for Lambert to try and match up against. And then, of course, they have really good guard play. David David Culberth Martin, uh, a really good playmaker. Corey Gatling, uh, who's committed to Oglethorpe, if I'm not mistaken. He's an all-defensive team member. And Mike White can really score the ball as well. So I like that nucleus in the backcourt and the big fella inside. I'm going to go with Burkmar over Lambert. Next up, Collins Hill, 16-12. and 12, Region 8, number 4. They travel to Wheeler. Uh, well, Collins Hill travels to Wheeler. Yes, 22-5 and five Wheeler, Region 5 champs. They got past uh, Walton in the Region Championship game, 55-41. Uh, Wheeler is ranked number three in the state. Josh Hill is really starting to turn it on. The 6'10", 6'11", forward going to Arkansas State. Just can catch and turn and shoot over top of the defense. I think Collins Hill is going to struggle to slow him down. For Collins Hill to win this game, I think Javen Smith is going to have to have a really big heroic performance along with Jackson Jones. But Wheeler, it's really tough to bet against Larry Thompson this time of year. I know they don't have All-Americans on the roster currently, it feels like, at least senior All-Americans like they had last year with Isaiah Collier. And then, of course, uh, Arrington Page went to USC as well with him, and they were just loaded top to bottom. Still talent on this Wheeler roster. Although it's young talent like Kevin Savage, a freshman, um, but it's really scary to play Wheeler this time of year because they're always very sound defensively. Uh, they love to get the ball inside, and they always have good guards, and I think Wheeler is going to beat Collins Hill. Bottom left-hand side, Lowndes, 10-13, and 13, the three-seed out of Region 1. They play Newton, 19-6, and 6, Region 4, number 2. They are ranked fourth in the state, and if you look at what Newton has done this year, uh, Coach Browner's done a very nice job keeping this team right on that right tra- tra- trajectory of winning a lot of games over in Covington. They, you know, if you look at it, I feel like you could say Newton has played Grayson the toughest out of anybody in the state. You look at what they've done in their matchups. Um, round one, their first matchup against Grayson at Grayson, they lost 76-70 in overtime. Then they lost 76-60. And then in that, uh, I believe it was a championship game. Yep. They lost 75-65. So they've been close. This Newton team is very good. Uh, Jabez Jenkins is committed to play and signed to play at Belmont. He's a good guard. Tay Jeffries is starting to pick up some offers. Uh, Ted Neal is a very dynamic, athletic inside out four that can shoot the three. Jordan Green's long. Um, Zach Harden, the the list goes on and on. Newton is very athletic. They play hard, and they're going to be a mismatch for a lot of teams they play. And I don't think Lowndes County is just going to have enough bullets in the chamber to be able to slow down Newton, especially if the Rams get out in transition. Uh, But Lowndes does have the Offensive Player of the Year from Region 1, Cam Jackson. He's going to have heavy lifting to do. I think Newton's going to win this game at home. Next up, Westlake 12-12, and 12, Region 2, 4 seed versus McEachern, 22-5, and 5, uh, Region 3 champions are number 2 in the state. They've been number 2 in the state pretty much all season long. Uh, they've had a lot of players come and go in the offseason. Jeremiah Wilkinson we thought was going to be there. Um, uh, J.D. Palm is, of course, battling with his, uh, with his health, and hopefully we send prayers to him and we get him healthy. Uh, so that was a loss. Uh, for them as well, they had uh, Moses Hips transferred out. 
Um, so, and then you had John McQueen jump ship in the middle of the season and leave for Eagles Landing. So there have been uh, shots to the bow. The ship has almost taken on water, um, but it hasn't. Coach Ankrum's done a really good job uh, just leaning on Jay Nash and, of course, uh, Ace Bailey, the five-star, going to Rutgers, who's phenomenal and looks like a shoe-in for um, Mr. Georgia basketball this year. So those guys have played really well. And then I think an unsung hero, um, really tough pronouncing this name, but Endozi uh, Onyarimba, who is a, a big-time, I believe, triple-jump guy. Uh, I just love his athleticism, his toughness and dirty work guy as a rebounder. And then Jaden Bynes can really shoot the ball. I like McEachern to get past Westlake, I know Westlake does have Juan Gatson inside a big body, but McEachern has Ace Bailey, and Westlake unfortunately does not. Next up, West Forsyth, 18-9, the three seed out of Region 6. They play Norcross, 15-13, Region 7, number 2. Norcross, this is their quote-unquote worst team as far as record goes in over a decade, um, but I'm not surprised at all to see them uh, fighting for that region championship. They ended up losing in a tight one, 68-65 against Peachtree Ridge. Like I mentioned earlier, they knocked off Berkmar 54-51 to get into that championship game. Um, of course, Toby Ajuku is a good guard. Uh, Jerron Salisbury is a super athletic wing. They have some tough-nosed guys. They're really starting to come together after a tough non-region schedule. Put them behind the eight ball early. Uh, they are hosting West Forsyth with Will Moore, super explosive swingman going to Marshall, Sam Maynard, uh, Chase Damerall. Those guys are going to have to play really big. I'm just curious to see how do they combat the on-ball pressure that I'm sure Norcross will bring to the Wolverines, and plus it's at the House of Blue. That's a tough matchup for West Forsyth, a team that has made deep runs uh, pretty much routinely in the postseason Norcross has. Um, so they know what it takes to turn it up at the right time. I think Norcross wins this game. I think they rely on their athleticism and toughness and on-ball defense to get it done. And lastly, on the bottom left-hand side, Osborne 9-18, and Region 5 4 seed versus Buford 24-3, and Region 8 champs. Buford is ranked number 5 in the state. Osborne, with a, I believe, was an injury to Akai Fleming early on in the season, and they just have not been able to rebound. They have some really nice pieces on that team. Amari Chaudhry is a freshman, one of the best freshmen in the state. Thomas McBride does some dirty work. And then Hakeem Weems is a really good-looking 6'8 forward that is getting better and better. Um, but Buford has a great synergy about them. Wes Parker uh, has stepped in and immediately taken this team to where they need to go, has done a great job. Um, Having Buford back to their ways of winning a lot of games is not one giant superstar on this team. It's very spread out. You got Chase James Robinson was a region player of the year, little guard that can shoot the ball exceptionally well. But there's just so many options uh, the Wolves can turn to. Jackson Houston's a breakout performer his senior season. Not surprised at all. A, a big-time athlete. He was an all-region pick. Brandon Wansley can shoot the ball very well from distance. You could list five, six, seven players. Tory Costin, a sophomore little guy that shoots the ball as well. Um, just a balanced attack and a team that has been able to use multiple starting lineups throughout the year. Uh, just interchangeable pieces. And with that, I think Buford at home at the arena is going to be tough to beat for an Osborne team that just is not at full strength this year. Top right-hand side, Cherokee, 14-14, and 14, Region 5, 3 seed. They will travel to Mountain View, Region 8, number 2. Mountain View is 15-12. and 12. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think this is a game that's going to be a toss-up. I think this game will go down to the wire. If you're Mountain View, 
If you hold Lawrence Stanford under 25 points, you should be in pretty good shape. The problem is not a lot of teams have been able to hold him to under 25 points this year. He has really emerged as a junior, uh, not having to share the ball with all those seniors last year when they made that great run. Uh, he's the go-to guy. It's unquestioned now. Uh, he's really stepped up his game and is one of the top scorers in the entire state. But he's gotten some help from some other uh, key pieces for them that have really emerged uh, for Cherokee, uh, Tanner Savasir was a all-defensive team selection and an honorable mention pick. And there's reason to be excited about Braylon Luster, a freshman who was an all-region selection for the Warriors. Uh, when you look at Mountain View, a team that I think they're going to match up well. Both these teams are going to kind of feel okay about this first-round matchup because both teams are so heavily predicated on their guard play, not a ton of size on either roster. Uh, but Bronson Blair is a really good guard, uh, has always been known for his tough-nosed scoring, a really good shooter, but can get it off the bounce as well. But he's become a good playmaker, and he has players to share the ball with, a very balanced attack. Jamel Bruce is a big-time hustler. Uh, I like his game. And then Charles uh, Babalola was an all-defensive team uh, pick in that Region 8. I'm going to go with Mountain View since it's at Mountain View. But if you want to go man-to-man or at least star power, who has the best player on the floor, uh, that would be Cherokee. So don't be surprised if Cherokee gets it together. I, I know they made it to the state championship game last year. And um, obviously all those guys graduated. But still, you don't graduate culture. And Cherokee's very, very tough. Uh, but I think Mountain View just finds a way in a game which I can foresee going down to the wire. Next up, South Forsyth, the four seed out of Region 6, 11, and 17. They play Peachtree Ridge, the Region 7 champs, number six in the state. They're 20 and 7 overall. Connor Teasley has cemented himself as one of the top 2025 20, guards in the state of Georgia. Whether you like it or not, he's skinny. He might not necessarily look the part. Sometimes he has a hard time filling out that jersey. Uh, but what he does not have a hard time filling out is the box score. He is a great scorer, does a lot, has faced a lot of junk defenses this year, has just turned into a, a true go-to guy. He's a Region 7 co-player of the year. He's been great. Uh, Peachtree Ridge, obviously, they won that championship game over Norcross 68-65. Teasley in the middle of everything, and he's got some help from some other uh, big athletic bodies. Gideon uh, Kamalu, uh, was an all-region pick, and then of course they had the defensive player of the year who transferred in from Wesleyan, six foot eight, Derwin Hodge protects the basket exceptionally well, and they're going up against a South Forsyth team that wants to run their sets, play hard-nosed defense, play in the half court. Brandon Mankins, a good uh, driver for this team, who is able to use his strength to get downhill for South Forsyth. Caleb Underwood was a first-team all-region pick, but I think Peachtree Ridge is going to be too powerful across the board. And I like the lines to advance. Next up, Carrollton fell to the three seed in Region 2 at 17 and 10. They play Hillgrove, Region 3, number 2, 17 and 9 overall. Obviously, you see these two teams pretty evenly match as far as what the record tells you. Game going to be at Hillgrove. That's going to be quite the drive from across uh, uh, across the city over there. And Carrollton is going to be crossing over uh, near Atlanta. So that's going to be at least over an hour in the bus, I would imagine. Um, but Hillgrove has been led this season by Marquan Murray, a first-team all-region pick in Region 3, and then Elijah Mays and Sean Smith, the little guard, second-team picks. Carrollton, they have the region player of the year from Region 2, and O'Brien Watkins, a guy that's given some D3 looks, physical downhill guard, just a little bowling ball getting to the basket. And I love the synergy he has with Eli Pippins. 
his off man, about 5'11", but a really good three-point shooter, scrappy guy that gets a lot of steals. Uh, that tandem in the backcourt is super tough. And then you cannot forget about Hudson Blackman, who stretches the floor with that three-point shooting. I like Carrollton to win this game. I think Don Bray uh, always finds a way to get it done in the postseason. I think it's going to be tough because they are going up against a very good coach uh, that Hillgrove has, of course. Um, but I do think I'm going to go with Carrollton here to pull the quote-unquote upset on the road. Next up, Colquitt County, 6-21, the 4CW Region 1 versus the number one team in the state, Region 4 champs, Grayson 25-2. Grayson will win this game. They have not seen the likes of Jacob Wilkins, Jakari Harris. Uh, this is a game that should be fun and should have a ton of dunks, um, and it will be over early for Colquitt County, so I do like the Rams to easily get past. Bottom right-hand side, a lot of interesting teams here. Decula, 20-8. They fell to the three-seed in Region 8 uh, after they lost to uh, Buford, 56-51. They will be playing at Walton, Region 5, number 2, seed 22-5 and five overall. Walton ranks 7th in the state. They were ranked as high as, I want to say, number 3 at one point after they beat Wheeler earlier in the year. Uh, Decule, they had the, the 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 top double double machine in Gwinnett County this year. Uh, they had two guys that really have emerged and have cemented themselves as legitimate prospects, and that would be Jaden Madison, the guard, who you know gives you about fifteen five and five every single game, and then Elhai Akida, about a six foot six rock solid forward, just is tough as nails in the paint. Those two are going to be tough to stop for Walton, but Walton, of course, Luke Flynn back healthy. Uh, a really good shooter going to Wofford can fill it up. Uh, was a Region 5 player of the year. Caesar Burroughs is a burgeoning prospect. He got a Chattanooga offer, I believe, in the offseason. That's a really good junior guard that's getting better and better and better. Caden Gilstrap, a multi-sport guy that plays football and baseball. Uh, and Again, you're talking another 6'2", strong athletic guard that can do a lot of stuff. That is just a really tough core and then you add in jp wells a veteran that can knock down outside shots and then cj jordan the six 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 seven freshman that has a lot of potential that you can put in the game when needed i think walton wins this one i think this will be a close matchup but i do think the senior leaders for walton find a way to get it done next up north gwinnett 16 and 12 the four seed out of region seven they play red hot milton region six champs at 17 and 10 overall Number eight in the state. North Gwinnett has Miles Clanton, a power wing that gets his baskets in the paint and can also shoot that corner three exceptionally well. A high-energy, strong, physical guy. And then Caleb Jones-Dix is going to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Was a co-region player of the year. Those two guys really lead North Gwinnett, but they're running into a buzzsaw, I feel like, with a super hot Milton team. Josh Dixon, the player of the year, scores from all levels. Defensive player of the year, Anthony Gauss. Uh, a really good six foot four guard as well. And then the health of Daniel Oganyemi. He's been back. He's been blocking shots, protecting the rim, rebounding, getting out in transition, getting some slam dunks. Uh, his health has really helped Milton take off. And I like Milton to beat North Gwinnett with that trio. Um, really getting the job done. Coach Whitehart has won a lot of games in the postseason. And I think he's going to win a couple here this year. Next up, we have Harrison, Region 3, number 3, 17-10. They had a great season, their best season in years. They will be going up against Pebblebrook, 11-16, Region 2, number 2, their worst season in years, just 11-16. and 16. Um, Harrison is tough. Jordan Howe inside is a really strong 
Uh, undersized type forward, about 6'4", maybe 6'5", on a good day. But he's rock solid, a first-team all-region selection. And then Will, uh, Will Smith has had a really nice season as well. You look at what Pebblebrook has done. It's been a lot of new faces getting big minutes for the Falcons. Arthur Williams, a third, was a second-team all-region pick. And they've had a couple other contributions from Caleb Thomas, a first-team guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Pebblebrook. They're at home. I think they're going to challenge Harrison with their aggressive nature and their guard play being able to score the ball. Um, Pebblebrook hasn't had a good year, but again, this is a, a, a program with a great tradition of winning a lot of games in the postseason against a program that just hasn't done it in a long time. Um, so until I see it happen... And, and I think it's very doable. If any team could do it, as far as teams that have come through Harrison lately, it would be this one. But I'm going to go with Pebblebrook to find a way uh, past Harrison, who has had a great season this year. And lastly, Archer, the four seed out of Region 4, 20-8 overall. They will be playing Camden County Region 1 champions, 21-6. and six. Camden ranked number 10 in the state. Archer was a team that was in the top 10 pretty much all season long, but they had a nightmare in Region 4, slipping all the way to the 4 seed. Very tough tournament. They lost 61-56 to Newton, and then 60-51 lost to Brookwood, and now they got to go on the road to play Camden County. David Bailey, his first year on the job, has Camden County uh, playing very good basketball. I think one of the key regions why is Elias Williams transferred over from Charlton County joining his former head coach at Camden County. Uh, and he's a monster, six foot eight. I believe he's already committed to play tight end at uh, Georgia. Uh, just an absolute physical specimen. Runs, jumps, block shots. Uh, just a nightmare. I had him as a preseason all state pick, which I'm sure probably opened up some eyes and said, Who the heck is this? Because they weren't following Class A public last year or Class A Division II. Um, no, yeah, this guy can play 7A, he can play 1A, he can play whatever A you want. He's that much of an impact maker, especially defensively. Um, so he's had a good season. Antoine Brown has been incredibly improved this year as another big athletic forward at about 6'5". He was a first-team all-region pick, and he's joined by Earl Murray and Jamarly Riddle as players that made the first-team all-region team. Archer, it's two guys that really do a lot of the heavy lifting. Kamari Holmes is great. He's going to Wofford, a big dynamic guard. And then Darian Joseph has had a great breakout season as well. Those two guys are tough, and they are going to give Camden County everything they want and more. You got Dominic Wright inside of about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can rebound and alter some shots. But it's going to be on the road, and Camden County is going to be physical, and they're going to have that big-time rim protector. I could see this game being very close, and I would not be surprised to see the Tigers somehow survive and climb out of Camden County and get back to Gwinnett County in one piece and alive and advance to the Sweet 16. But I think Camden County, a team that maybe has been slept on a little bit because they're in South Georgia, I think they're big, they're physical, and they're long. And I think it's going to be tough for Arch to win down there. I think this is a game that should be very competitive all throughout. But I think Camden County at home kind of rides that home crowd to find a way onto the Sweet 16. So now for my final four picks, let's go with Wheeler on the top left, bottom left, McEachern, top right, Grayson, bottom right, uh, which I, I personally feel like could be pretty wide open. Um, I'm going with Walton to find a way 
to make it to the Final Four. And then I have Grayson versus McEachern in the championship. And Grayson, who already beat McEachern by double digits earlier in the season, I have Grayson finding their elusive first state title between that superstar lineup of Wilkins, Harris, uh, Anthony Alston, C.J. Hyland, you name it, uh, Ahmad Clark, so many good players. I think Coach Joffrey Pierce finally gets the job done, so I am going with Grayson to win the state title. Now we will move on to Class 6A. Class 6A, I have felt like all season long is a classification with a lot of parity. Um, I don't think there's one juggernaut team. I think you, you see two teams that are it, – it feels like are above everyone else, but I don't think they're untouchable. I think Alexander has been outstanding all season long, and it's hard to pick against them, the defending state champs. I don't know if they're as good as last year's team. They're close. I don't think they have as much length, but obviously they're just beating everybody, so it doesn't matter. Um, they're super tough, and Braden Liu and uh, Gregory Dunson have taken their game to the next level. And I think Shiloh has been super impressive, too, and they have a dynamic uh, tandem as well. Um, but my prediction is I would not be surprised if we see a team uh, make it to the Elite Eight Um Multiple teams maybe make it to the Elite Eight that haven't been ranked almost all season long. Maybe have gotten in the poll the last week or two. Maybe not even in the poll. I think there is going to be a lot of mayhem in this classification because I do feel like maybe outside of those two teams, maybe could throw in another team or there, team or two in there. Um, but it feels like everyone else is kind of on a level playing field. And if you have one bad game or if you have one good game, um, it could really change the entire state picture. Uh, but with that being said, let's start on the top left-hand side. North Atlanta going through um, just tragic adversity uh, this year. They capture the 11-15 and 15 record and the three-seat out of Region 4, beating, uh, and they will play Houston County, the two-seat out of Region 1, who's 15-11, and 11, and that, that game that North Atlanta <laughs> beat Dunwoody on to make it to state uh, Super wild. Go back and check that out. Dunwoody had the game won. They went down and slam dunked the ball in celebration after the buzzer, about four or five seconds after the buzzer, and then they got a technical foul, and then uh, North Atlanta hit a free throw to force overtime, then won in overtime. So that was some incre- just incredible crazy stuff. Um, but with that being said, Houston County is uh, a team that really probably should have won the region championship. They got beat on a turnaround buzzer beater. Uh, by Josiah Parker from about 17 feet out to lose the region championship. So Houston County, the Bears were right there. Um, Houston County, their co-defensive player of the year in the region, Devin Robinson, has had a good year. And then you got Malachi Jackson, a good guard that scores the ball, and Malik Gillespie, who has, a, I believe, a Georgia State offer in tow. Those guys uh, are good. And then Cameron Plummer, a second-team all-region pick. So they got dudes that can knock down shots on the perimeter and North Atlanta, uh, they're a team that uh, getting big contributions from Josh Griffith, I believe his name is, has had a really good year for them. Um, but this game's going to be in Hoco. It's uh, going to be a, a loud environment. Bear Brawl is where they always host that tournament. And I think Houston County uh, puts an end to a really nice story uh, of for what North Atlanta's been you know, going through this year and their success they have managed to have. But I think Houston County, especially with that that sour taste in their mouth from that Lee County game. you got to hope that they don't have a hangover from losing the region title like that. Um, but I do like Houston County to make it to the next round. Next up, Rockdale. The 
Region 3, 4 seed, 12 and 14. They play Grovetown, 18 and 9. Region 2 champs, I put them in the top 10. Um, what was it? A week or two ago. And, of course, they are all the way up to number 6 in the state now. Region 2 has been a interesting region i'm i'm very interested to see how these teams do because you saw glenn academy who was leading the way the entire season it feels like and then they faltered and they get the three seed um grovetown crushes evans who was the five seed uh, in the region championship game 64 43 um grovetown has been playing well lately uh, it was a, a slow start to the season darion reed transferred out and then they were under 500 for a a vast majority of the year until they really dug into region play. Uh, and, and, you know, that kind of really started around New Year's, and they've been super hot since. They had two losses to at Glen Academy and at Effingham County, um, but they're riding a four-game winning streak now. I guess you could say uh, it might be a five-game winning streak now if they don't have that updated on Max Preps. But they're playing well. They've turned the corner, and I think they're going to be able to beat a Rockdale team that is under 500. Next up, Alpharetta 17 and 11, the three seed out of Region 7. They will play Etowah 20 and 6, Region 6 runner up. Uh, Etowah has done very well this year, considering everything they have graduated. Still a team that is extremely well coached and plays super tough nosed defense. Dimitri Angelakos, who's a Georgia Tech baseball commit, uh, was a player of the year, a really good three-point shooter that has improved his off-the-dribble game. You see Aiden Weaver's a great athletic slasher that makes things happen. And then they have some big contributions from unsung heroes Chris Jalbert and Cooper Heller. Um, they lost in that region championship game on a, a, a and one from Woodstock with 12 seconds left. I think it was 39-36. Um, was the final score. Uh, could have been a little bit closer. Let's see. It was 36-35. It was a three-point play to take a one-point lead. So 36-35 was the final that they lost by. Um, Alpharetta has had a good year this year, 17 wins. It feels like their most wins in a little while. Jacob Bryant's a really good score, a first-team all-region pick, and Will Kimes, a second-teamer. Um, but Etowah, they play that tough defense. It's going to be at home. Uh, I know they feel like they have something to prove. They have been unranked all season long. And uh, I think they are going to win this game against Alpharetta in a game that can be a, a, a really slug, uh, a slug fest as far as defensive principles go. Edouard is really good at constricting teams, and I think they will do that, and they will hit threes from the perimeter, and they should beat Alpharetta. Next up, 11 and 17, Gainesville, Region 8, number 4. They play number 1 in the state, Alexander, Region 5, champs 25 and 2 overall. Gainesville had a bunch of transfers move in, about 5 or 6. Uh, a couple of those guys were casualties, either transferring out or being ineligible. Um, they started off the season like 0-9, ended up losing in the Lanier Land Finals to Cherokee Bluff, then got into region play, started beating teams, sneaking up on opponents. Uh, they play really good defense. Jamie Brooks, as the assistant coach, has done a really nice job alongside Charlemagne Gibbons as far as instilling that defensive mindset. And they are playing much better basketball than they were at the beginning of the season. But they were playing a super tough schedule. And they did have kids coming and going out of the roster. So now that that's all solidified, uh, Gainesville is much more formidable. Uh, it sounds like they did uh, have that three-seed game kind of slip out of their paws. Uh, are a chance to play for the region championship, losing to Habersham 49-46, and then they lost by one in overtime to Lanier 57-56. But they're playing Alexander. They're not going to have anything to match up against Braden Lou and Pops Dunson. And then, of course, the transfers that moved in really saved Alexander from being a good team and keeping them as a great team in Class 6A with Jermaine Freeman coming in from South Cobb, providing that outside shooting. 
And then Alan Stoddard moved over from New Manchester to give them that length that they were sorely going to miss if they did not have him transfer over as a 6-6 forward that can play inside and outside. Uh, They're going to be too powerful for Gainesville, and Alexander will win this game. Bottom left-hand side, Tiff County 15-13, the three-seed out of Region 1. They play Marist 18-10, Region 4, number 2. Marist starting to sneak up on teams as well. It's that sneaky time of year where defense really starts to grind and wear down teams, and uh, it's starting to happen. Marist beat Riverwood 62-58 in the semifinals and then fell in a tight match against rival St. Pius 53-47. So Marist playing uh, good basketball. Luke Harpering has had some big games down the stretch here. Uh, and they are playing a Tiff County team that, again, another team that is really predicated on what they do defensively. And they are going to be led by the likes of, let's see here, uh, their top players would be Tashawn Bryant and Corey Howard. Both of them made all-region honorable mention. Doesn't look like anyone made first team and doesn't look like anybody made second team. So maybe they have something to prove. Um, but with that being said, Marist is playing uh, very well right now, and I like Marist to win in a tough environment. Next up, Brunswick 13-16, and 16, Region 2, number 4. They play Woodward Academy 23-5, and five, Region 3 champs. They finally beat Jonesboro after Jonesboro has really kind of owned them lately. But they finally beat Jonesboro when it matters most, so nobody really cares about what happens in the regular season. Woodward ranked 5th in the state. They have a lot of talent on that roster. With Brandon Peters, Zach Foster, Deke Cooper, uh, that trio alone, I think Miles Harvey as well. That is a really good, talented uh, roster that you can pull from. And it's just all about playing up to potential. That's always been my thing with Woodward Academy. They have the dudes out there. You just got to play to your potential. And if they do, they can win a lot of games in this state tournament because they're that talented. I think they're going to beat Brunswick, a team that is under 500. And I think Woodward, now that they got that monkey off their back beating Jonesboro, I think they can finally take a deep breath. Exhale, and now just play good basketball, and I like Woodward to win this game. Next up, we have Pope, 22-5, and Region 7, number 2. They fell to Sprayberry in the championship. They play 18-10, and Sequoia, the three-seed out of Region 6. Another very good matchup. I like these Region 6 versus Region 7 games. Just close in proximity, very similar roster structure and somewhat kind of like style of play, even though I feel like Pope's maybe a little bit more defensive-minded. Sequoia, always really good at scoring the ball. Um, Pope with Zach Bleshoy, he is going to be the key piece that Sequoia needs to try and stop. Devin Royal is a good off-guard as well. That helps out a lot when you're looking at Sequoia's strong points. Brendan Tusignot, uh, a first-team all-region selection as a 6-6 inside-out forward with skilled footwork and a shooting touch. Cade Lomas can get super red-hot from the three-point line, uh, and if he's starting to hit, uh, Sequoia can beat a lot of good teams. And then the coach's son, Blake Bracco, was an honorable mention selection. But I'm going with Pope. Pope has been more consistent throughout the year. They're 22-5. and I believe two of those losses came to Sprayberry, who was just a bad matchup for them. Um, but Pope does have a nice slew of good wins over top 10 opponents elsewhere in the state. So I like Pope, the Greyhounds, at home to advance. Lastly, on that left-hand side, Douglas County, a surprise team. Really good season for them. 17-12 and 12 overall. Uh, they get the four seed out of Region 5. As you see, Mike Richards named co-coach of the year from that region. They play Shiloh, 23-4, and four, Region 8 champs. Uh, Julian Cole, him transferring in, and Shiloh has made a living off this. 
getting these transfers from out of state that sneak in that I don't and you know I don't know about and are unable to catch and they're not just getting random kids from Texas or North Carolina or wherever they're getting kids that are they come right in and are either their first or second best player and that's Julian Cole he is a grown man a stud I don't know how he does not have multiple division 1 low major mid major schools surrounding him uh, he is a special player, has some similar shades to Kamari Holmes from Archer, who is going to Wofford. Uh, he's awesome. And then you have Tylus Jordan, who has just really taken that next step, and it's great to see. He's averaging 21 points, 10 rebounds per game, to pair with Cole's 22.7 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, those two have been dynamic all season long. They are so good. And then you got Cameron Steven, who transferred in from Putnam County, a wiry guard that can go get you a bucket whenever you need. It's a scary and crazy thought to think that is a third option as far as scoring the ball goes because he would be averaging probably 15, 16 points or more pretty much anywhere else in the state. But he has played his role as a facilitator. And this uh, uh, this is a team that is always uh, really well coached. They've always been uh, really based on their defense. Kim Rivers has always done a great job. And now that he has some offensive firepower to boot as well, I think they're going to be able to get past Douglas County and end a really good season uh, that Douglas County has enjoyed, uh, primarily led by Christian Richards, an all-region pick. But Shiloh is a team that is a legit, legit, legit state championship contender. Top right-hand side, Langston Hughes, the three-seed out of Region 5, 19-8 overall. They were defeated by South Paulding in that uh, semifinal matchup 71-65 after they had a double-digit lead early on. Now they travel to Habersham Central, Region 8-2, seed 20-7 overall. Langston, unranked right now, but has spent a lot of time in the poll throughout the season. Habersham was always close. They've always been in my top 15, but just never in my top 10. Looking at this game, when you look at that side of things, like you feel like, okay, Langston Hughes might be able to win a game or two in the postseason. But remember, they were matched up with River Ridge last year, and they had a heartbreaking loss at the buzzer. So they're going to have to bring it against Habersham Central. Habersham Central is good. They have JoJo McCurry inside, is a big body that knows how to score with his back to the basket. Enzo Combs is an all-region player. Brandon Gaines is just that... Grit and guile, tough-nosed defender that is a floor general as well. Uh, Jalen Davis, Justin Gober, honorable mention picks. Habersham Central is going to be tough. It's going to be up here about 10 minutes away from where I live. Maybe I should go check that game out. Um, I, I'm, I want to I wanna see this Habersham Central team, especially this junior class, which I think is you know, maybe not uh, going to win a state title this year and maybe not ever, um, but is a, a team that is really, really good and needs to be respected among circles in their classification because they can beat a lot of good teams, and Tommy Yancey has done a very good job there. I'm going to go with Langston Hughes here just because I think Brentus Schaefer is so good getting to his left hand. It's just that head of the snake. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see what Habersham Central can do defensively to try and slow him down. And then I really like Jerron Lamel is coming on strong, a six foot six junior forward. Uh, he had a couple threes against South Paulding. Uh, I like him a lot. And then Cam Catholic, he's that X-Factor, another 6'5", 6'6", lanky wing. If he's making plays, getting to the basket, knocking down outside shots, I think Langston Hughes is really tough. Again, I definitely 
see this game going down to the wire. This should be a one-possession game fairly deep into the fourth quarter from my perspective. Um, but I'm going to go with Langston Hughes just because Rory Welsh is always so difficult to choose against in the state playoffs. I know he doesn't have a Landers Nolly, but he always finds ways to win games this time of year, even though last year was a premature exit. But I'm going with the Panthers to find a way to scratch past Habersham Central. Next up, Altoona, 11-16, Region 6, number 4. They play Sprayberry, Region 7 champs, 20-8 and eight overall, ranked for the first time this year at number 9 in the state. Um, Alatoon, if they're knocking down their threes, if Kyle Alley, uh, Dean Soulsby, I really like him a lot. He can really shoot it. Matthew McCauley, if those guys are hitting their shots and Tristan Simon's helping patrol the glass, uh, they're tough and they're sneaky good. Um, but Sprayberry is really playing great basketball right now. Miles George is a first-team all-region selection. Abel Trotman was a second-teamer. And then Jordan Edmonds, honorable mention. That trio right there, I think Ada McDonald's on that team as well. That's a good nucleus. They're riding high. They've beaten Pope twice this year. And Alatoona, um, again, they can hit some shots, but sometimes defensively, uh, they just haven't been able to consistently lock in this year. They beat Creekview 51-49 to make the state playoffs, but then they lost in a tough game to uh, Etowah 65-56, which was a good showing, but then in that consolation game, 81-53, Sequoia really put it on them. Alatoon is a dark horse. If they get hot, that three ball is a great equalizer, but I think Sprayberry will have enough to contain the great outside shooting of the Buccaneers. Next up, Glen Academy, 22-5. They fell all the way to the three seed in Region 2. They will play Jonesboro Region 3, runner-up at 19-10 overall. Looking at, again, Region 2, it's it's hard to really tell what, what do we have, what is real, what is not real. Uh, Glen Academy lost 67-65 at home in the semifinals to the five-seed Evans. That's what pushed them to the three-seed. Um, I tried to watch a little of that game on NFHS. Uh, Glen Academy does have a big guy inside at 6'8". Christian Davis is a senior that can help uh, protect the rim, and they have some other uh, athletic guards that range from about 5'10 to 6'2". Um, you're looking at what Jonesboro has done. Uh, always tough-nosed football kids. They play really hard. Montez Redding has had a great season his senior year. Uh, can really score the ball. I think he's going to Arkansas State, somewhere like that, for football. Um, he's had a really good season and has emerged as the go-to guy for the Cardinals. He was really good last year as well, but he was a Region 3 player of the year. His little brother, Cortez Redding, is as dynamic as well it's really those two the Redding boys make everything go that's that's it and then you get a couple contributions here and there they had some injuries early in the season lost one of their top shooters uh, Chris Jones can jump out of the gym consistency if he's able to be tough in the paint rebound and just uh, be able to provide an overall impact on both sides Jonesboro is really tough and they've had some other guys step up throughout the year I'm going with Jonesboro to win here it's going to be at Jonesboro um, we always say the mailman delivers this time of year. I know uh, mail was delayed in the Region 3 championship, um, but still, this is a trustworthy program. Glen Academy having to drive a long way, um, but this is a game I have circled as a real uh, measuring stick matchup. How good is Region 2? How good is Glen Academy? How good is Jonesboro for that reason? Um, I think I'm going to go with Jonesboro, but I am thinking this could potentially be a quote-unquote upset. Next up, we got Veterans 16 and 11. They fell to the four seed in Region 1. They traveled to St. Pius, Region 4 champs, 21 and 6. St. Pius, number three in the state. 
St. Pius is their most uh, talented team in school history with all these sophomores, Demarley Elliott, uh, Harris Reynolds, and then Tobias Brinkley is a 6'5 guard that blocks shots. I mean, I watched them play Sandy Creek, and there were, on both ends, shots being blocked left and right. Like, I've never seen a St. Pius team with this much length um, at the guard position and more so overall top-to-bottom athleticism. St. Pius is really good. Veterans has had a nice year under Coach Chip Flemmer, has really got that program um, playing good, solid basketball. Chandler Thomas, the Offensive Player of the Year out of Region 1, has uh, really turned into a, a basketball prospect, even though he's more known as a football player. He got a South Georgia State offer, I believe, and he's had a great year, averaging around 20 points per game. Um, but I do think St. Pius, this is, this is a year for Aaron Parr to um, potentially get back to the state championship game. And I, I think St. Pius, again, at Mark Kelly Gymnasium, that is a tough place to play. And as many home games as they will likely have in the state tournament, it's going to be hard to see them losing at home. Bottom right-hand side, this is the bracket you kind of want to be in. This is the quadrant, it feels like, because there's some really good teams. It feels like the top two teams in this quadrant are playing each other in the first round, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first we have Lanier, the eight, Region 8 third seed, 12-16 and 16 overall. They had some ineligibility stuff early on in the season, then got eligible, and they have played better, but they haven't really taken off and hit their stride yet, but still super dangerous. Uh, with Boogie Morgan, his brother Amari Morgan, DeAndre Cowan on the roster. Uh, they do have firepower. They definitely do have firepower. And if they're hitting their shots, they can be tough to beat. Cameron Thornton as well was all-region uh, defensive selection. Uh, they're playing South Paulding, Region 5, number 2 seed. 18-10 and 10 overall, a team that spent time in the top 10 this year. Uh, currently unranked, but they beat in Langston Hughes. If you believe in Langston Hughes, they beat Langston Hughes twice. Possibly could have been three times if they didn't fumble it away in their first meeting. They played a super tough non-region schedule. They picked up good quality wins throughout the season. The only two results um, that kind of worry me are those losses, uh, controversial loss at the buzzer to Douglas County and then New Manchester Clifton. But other than that, all their losses are to top 10 teams, legit, you know, really good opponents, even St. Ann Pacelli. Uh, from the GIAA, who would be a top 10 team in any classification in the state. Um, they don't have bad losses other than those two, which were teams that were outside of the top 10. But South Paulding's good. It's just all about the consistency. Is Andrew Levine going to come to play? Is he going to be active coming off screens? Is he going to be able to find his shot? He's got to hunt his offense and knock down those perimeter jump shots. Is David Williams going to be able to be on the floor without fouling? Again, that's another key piece that can rebound, brings that versatility at about six foot four. And then they got some tough-nosed football players that are in the backcourt. And then Josiah Zhu, a young guard that can hit some shots. And I'd be remiss not to mention Everod McKendy, a six-foot-five, super much improved, very strong, very athletic post player. And they're playing Lanier. I was at that game last year in the Sweet 16. Lanier beat uh, South Paulding 66-57. And you know how they won that game? That was Osmar Garcia. He was inside and... South Paulding just had no answer to stop him with his size and his strength. And they had Jason Nathaniel as well. So they had 6'8 and 6'7 inside that South Paulding could just not contend with. They don't have that 6'7 superstar. They don't have that 6'8 superstar this year. Brandon Lanier is a nice player, a very nice player with a good upside that is going to be a good college prospect. But he's not Osmar Garcia and he's not Jason Nathaniel. And this game is going to be at South Paulding now instead of at the ranch over there in Lanier. Uh, I like South Paulding to win this game. They're going to have to play well because, like I said, there is firepower in the Lanier backcourt. 
Um, but I'm going to go with South Paulding to get past Lanier. And Lanier, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have eliminated South Paulding uh, maybe twice the past two years or two out of three years maybe uh, have ended South Paulding season. So uh, something to really keep an eye on and think about. I don't know if those South Paulding seniors are going to want to go out uh, for a third time to Lanier. So I'm going with the Spartans. Next up, we have Blessed Trinity, 6-22, Region 7-4 seed against Woodstock. Region 6, number 1, the champs, 18-9. This is the best season in school history. I believe this has to be probably their first ever region title, uh, if not close to it, because they are, historically speaking, as someone from Cherokee County who has lived it and has tracked it, Woodstock has been uh, win-loss rise, uh, the worst program in Cherokee County uh, forever. And all of a sudden, this is the best team in school history with Eric Blair as the head coach. Uh, and I don't think it's much of a coincidence pouring into the program with his offensive sets, getting kids to believe. Um, Jameer Noel transferred in from uh, New York, I believe, has given them a great spark plug guard. He hit that and one uh, with 12 seconds left to knock off Edouard after they lost twice to them earlier in the season. Then Taj Sharagba, the freshman, the most dominant interior freshman in the state, a double-double machine, is a future Division One player. And then they got other really nice players, J.J. Fernstein, a good shooter. Jackson Warren has size and shooting on the perimeter. When I saw Woodstock at my Sandy Spill Fall League, I said, whoa. And this is before Noel was there, the point guard. I said, the cupboard is far from there. There is talent on the roster of course, they did not have Taj last year as a six foot seven post player, but there are good looking basketball players, and you do have some quality size guards. You have stuff to work with, and the fact that Woodstock's been able to do so and to win that region championship is ultimately impressive. And they're playing a Blessed Trinity team that upset Laster 50 to 49 in the region tournament to make it to the state tournament. Um, Ty Harping's a really good score, but they've won just six games this year. I think this is a, a potential game. If you're looking at Woodstock, you can't just be happy that you won the region, that you're in the state playoffs. you got more work to do. Uh, I would not overlook Blessed Trinity by any sense of the imagination just because they do have some guys that can go out and get you some points when needed. Um, but I do feel like Woodstock, if they just play their game, Quentin Rakestraw as well, another big physical guy on the perimeter, uh, Woodstock should win this game. And I'm looking at uh, Taj inside to be something that Blessed Trinity just has no answer for. So I like Woodstock, the Wolverines, to make it to the Sweet 16, rarefied air. Next up, we have Monday's Mill 14-11, and 11, Region 3, number 3. They will be taking on Evans. Evans, Region 2, number 2, 13-15, but they upset Glen Academy to make it to the region championship game. And they are a team that has received some contributions from the guys like Taj Ford, averaging close to 18 points per game. Bryce Wallace, 16 points per game. Uh, those two guys in the backcourt have had Evans playing well, even though the record doesn't show it. Uh, and they're going up against Mundy's Mill. Mundy's Mill going to have to go on the road. Uh, they're going to be led by Dewan Riddle and Fred Umino. I'm going with Evans. When you travel to Augusta this time of year, it's always very difficult to win over there. And Evans are feeling good having upset uh, Glen Academy. I like the Evans Knights to advance to the Sweet 16. And lastly, this is the game. Riverwood, they throw, boy, they tumble all the way to the fourth seed out of Region 4 at 20 and 7 overall. Riverwood, a team that was ranked within the top five pretty much all year long. Now they have to travel to Lee County, Region 1, number 1. The champs, 23-3. and three, They had Josiah Parker hit a turnaround jumper at the buzzer to win the region championship. So Lee County survived a scare. 
So Riverwood, what happened to Riverwood in the region tournament? They were upset by Mare 62-58 and then upset 57-52 by North Atlanta in the consolation round. And that is tough to uh, really stomach if uh, you are a Riverwood fan because they have so much talent on that roster. Um, but just things went wrong at the wrong time. Um, they're 20-7, and seven, as I mentioned. You have Karis Bilal as a Vanderbilt signee or a commit uh, that can really score the ball a big time score and then J.R. Leonard as well another guy uh, a prolific score both those guys average over 20 points per game and are just absolute monsters scoring the ball Lee County uh, will they be able to slow them down that will be a very tall task but I just know Lee County going back about three years now every time you make a trip down to Lee County it is tough to win there they always have magic on their side down there I think this team is uh, a, a good, talented team now this year. They've had some other uh, key pieces step in. Braden Moore was the co-newcomer of the year in the region. Josiah Parker, that six 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 seven forward, uh, the player of the year in the region. Um, Uzman Chroma, a first-teamer, a big-time football player. And then Braylon Chaney, a guard, was a first-team pick as well for the Trojans. Um, Riverwood is battle-tested. I think Lee County's played some good teams as well, and but Riverwood has those two star guards that are both legit D1 mid to high major guards, one already going to Vanderbilt, as I mentioned, so they should be okay. Um, but the fact that it's at Lee County and the fact that they have had magic on their side there the past few years, that is super tough to overlook. I'm going with Lee County in this game, which would be insane to think that Riverwood would end their season um, on at least a three-game slide. Um, would be wild, but Lee County at Lee County is going to be super tough uh, for Riverwood. But I do feel like whoever wins this first round game, it's happening in the first round, uh, has to be considered the 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 solid favorite to come out of this quadrant and make it to the final four. So if you get your job done early, um, you're in good shape. If you just don't drop the ball, because you will be favored in every other game the rest of the way up until the final four. So my final four, with that being said, my picks are Alexander versus Shiloh, then St. Pius versus Lee County. I have St. Pius making it to the state title game for Coach Parr. And you know what? It's really tough to repeat as a state champ, especially when you have a target on your back. I think Shiloh, I think Shiloh matches up well. I think Shiloh matches up the best against Alexander out of many maybe any team in the state in class 6a so i think shiloh clips alexander um looking at that game that happened in the uh sweet 16 i believe it was a year ago was a really close matchup um that they lost i want to say yes 66 57 was the score in that one uh last year and that was when uh, Shiloh was about 15 and 15 overall. They did not have Julian Cole. Rosters were different. I think Shiloh might be able to find a way to sneak past um, the Alexander Cougars. Very, very tough to do. And that would set up a Shiloh-St. Pius matchup. And if that was the case, I would go with Shiloh to finally win a state title with Tylus Jordan and Julian Cole just being monsters to deal with. And then Cameron Steven hitting shots when needed. Up next, we move down to Class 5A. This has been a really difficult classification to rank all year long. 
And it has a problem that's much different than some other classifications. And the simple fact that there are so many teams with good winning records. There is a lot of parity, a lot of good teams, um, teams knocking off each other. I mean, you look at Region 5 has been a war. Region 2 is a war. Um, it's just really, really good basketball being played all across the state. And I think it's going to lead to a, a lot of surprising teams making it to state just because uh, – or not maybe surprising teams, but very – it's just going to be very difficult to predict because there's a lot of talented teams with a great opportunity to make it to a Final Four this year. Um, when you're looking at it on paper, the bottom right-hand side, holy smokes, that is – if you want a, a a region of death, a group quadrant of uh, pain, uh, seeing Kale in there, Dutchtown in there, um, Chapel Hill, that's three really good teams. But I think you're going to see a lot of good teams in many of these matchups. Um, but with that being said, let's get right into it. Top left-hand side, Lithonia, 10-16 and 16 overall, the three seed out of Region 4. They will travel to Bradwell Institute, 21-6, and 6, Region 1, number 2. Uh, you saw Bradwell Institute unable to capture the one seed, lost by one point to Statesboro, 39-38. Um, this is a region that has something to prove in the state tournament this year. Uh, Chris Perry's had a, a, a nice sophomore season, um, but it's a really big uh, shame that Elijah Thurman, their big football player, who I believe was region player of the year last year, uh, he did not play basketball this year uh, when I look at Max Preps and tracking that all season long. So you lose your big your big body inside that was a double-double machine. Um, that's tough, but Bradwell Institute got off to a great start. They won like their first 15 games or close to it. They had a really good record through their first 15 games. Uh, and, you know, they've been led by uh, Tashawn Frazier. I believe he's going to Cl- or, uh, Columbus State, a good guard. Um, but I think they should win this game. Lithonia, Marcus Calhoun was an all-region selection for them. They play really good defense, but I don't think uh, Lithonia has the offensive firepower for Bradwell, but I do think they play very good defense, and Coach Marion does a great job with the dogs. Uh, I think it will be tough going all the way down to the coast, so I like Bradwell Institute to win this one, but I know Lithonia will bring their hard hats and will play very good defense. Next up, Northside Columbus, 4-20 overall, the four seed out of Region 3. They're going to lose to Eagles Landing. Region 2 champs, 19-7. They are ranked number 3 in the state. They picked up John McQueen in the middle of the season, or I guess late in the season, and I do not think they have lost the game since he has been added to the roster. He helps out as a 6-5 wing. Um, Clark Maston, really good playmaker. I think he's going to Hampton-Sydney, if I'm not mistaken. He can really play i love the the speed that he plays with he's really quick at getting to loose balls um very good playmaker just a winner that sometimes goes overlooked uh chris morris is a strong body wing as well and then you got bobby bugs dwight brown uh provide size uh it, it goes on and on and on eagles landing should win this game against Northside. Uh, Northside, their player to watch is Barrington Adams, a first-team all-region selection, and they do have the freshman of the year in Region 3 and Travis Wakefield. Next up, uh, a game I've been uh, oscillating back and forth, Hiram, Region 7, number 3, 17-9, versus Chattahoochee, 19-9, Region 6, number 2. Now, Hiram was ranked in the top 10 to start the year, and they got off to a really, really bad start. Um, but they've been playing much better for the most part once they got into region play. But then you see what happened in the region tournament. 
they entered with the one seed, but then they lost in triple overtime to Calhoun, the four seed, 78-75, and have to settle for the three seed, thumping Dalton. Now, I think Walter Matthews, their big football player, uh, a big-time football recruit, he has been hurt. Um, he's going to go play football at USC. He hurt his shoulder a few weeks ago, and I'm not 100% positive if he is back. If he is not back, that's a six foot eight interior presence that they are missing. And I, as I mentioned, Hiram's been up and down this year, have played a tough uh, non-region schedule, but the up and down um, that they have played this season, uh, you just don't necessarily know what what team you're going to get uh, right now, and especially if you're losing your big man inside, that's going to be tough. Whereas you look at Chattahoochee, who has not been in the top 10 this season, I don't think, um, but is playing great basketball. Again, they started off not as slow. I mean, they won their first five games. They lost a couple in a row. They played a, a tough non-reading schedule. They lost to Dutchtown by six, um, lost to Archer by nine points. And then they got into region play, and they played Kale pretty close. It was a tie game, I'm pretty sure. I think it was like 33-33 in that region championship against Kale. And then you just see how Kale is so good, and Kale blew past them 83-54. But if you take out their losses to Kale, their last two losses to Kale, uh, their other loss came at the end of January, 63-47. Um, you take those losses to Kale out, they have won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, six, seven, eight, eight straight games, and their only loss other than that, you know, they had a Newton loss in there. So Chattahoochee's playing very good this season. They have played exceptionally well. Cam James is a really dynamic wing when he has his motor revved up. He can do everything on the basketball court. He's an X factor for them when he's um, feeling it. He can really take over games. You got some veterans and Yuta Yamamoto, a really good three-point shooter. Jalen Edgerton, is a younger guard that is really coming into his own, and then Kyler Fox provides that length. Uh, I like Chattahoochee in this game. They're at home. They're battle-tested coming out of a region that is, as I mentioned, played Kell and has seen, um, you know, Cambridge was a good team this year. GAC was a tough cookie as well. Um, a lot of good teams out of that region. So I'm going with Chattahoochee to actually beat Hiram here in a game that will be tight. I think um, Ryan Williams is going to have to make the plays, and Jaden Mann is a good player as well. And then, of course, you have the Region 7 Player of the Year, Chase Tyler, who's a Duke football commit. Um, but I'm going to go with Hooch at home to beat a talented Hiram team that is potentially missing their big man. Next up, Tri-Cities, Region 5, number 1, 19-8 overall. They play the four seed out of Region 8, Heritage Conyers, 10-19 and 19 overall. Tri-Cities, um, they tried to have their big man move in um, from Thomas County Central Jalen Wingfield, got ruled ineligible, didn't play this year, but it hasn't mattered. They continued to roll. There's been some adversity. Malik Johnson got hurt. They thought he was out for the season. Uh, lo and behold, he is back, and he is still scoring the ball at a very high level. He's a first-team all-region pick. Um, you have Trey Keith, who has emerged as the best freshman in the state of Georgia. He's averaging around 20 points per game and has been just amazing this year for Tri-Cities. Jaden London transferred in uh, as a six foot seven, six foot eight guy that covers a lot of ground and does a lot of things on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tri-Cities, top to bottom, has been very strong this year. They had a, a little lull in the middle of the season once those injuries happened, and then they had that brawl at the end of the year. Um, but with Ed. You know, once they're back at full strength, it sounds like they are now. They're going to be very tough to beat. So I like Tri Cities to take it to Heritage Conyers, uh, a heritage team that will be led by Kirk Seeley, 
a uh, all-region team uh, member out of Region 8, but I do think Tri-Cities winning that Region 5, you know, just considering what they had to go through, that gauntlet, they beat May 63-54 in the semis, and then they topped Chapel Hill 66-61, so Tri-Cities has beat pretty much everybody they've seen this year, and I don't think that's going to end in the first round. Bottom up hand side, Ware County 16 and 10, the three seed out of Region 1. They play Tucker 21 and 5, Region 4, number 2, Tucker, a heartbreaker, losing to Decatur late in the game in the Region Championship 64 61, gave up a corner three to Alden Daniels. And Decatur had their number this year. Decatur beat them two out of three times. Um, but besides those losses to Decatur, uh, Tucker's been really impressive this year. They were beating up on a lot of teams. They had that. Big size inside Jamar Grand, the big football quarterback at about six foot eight, is just a, <laughs> a, a intimidating post presence to say the least. You got uh, the region player of the year in Josiah Lawson who wins it again. Uh, dynamic inside outside, you pick, you choose whatever you want this point forward scoring machine to do. He can do it. Um, Kyrie Dunn is a very good player, and Jacoby Williams has emerged as another all-region pick. So they're really tough. Ware County, Lenny Williams, first year on the job. A lot of players have. Ended up transferring in over there. They got Jarvis Wright to move in from Charlton County, who uh, led the state in three-pointers made a season ago. A couple other uh, key names in the fold over there as well, and they become very relevant very quickly. But I think they're going to run into a team with great size and great cohesion in the Tucker Tigers. So I like Tucker to win this one. But Ware County, if Jarvis gets hot, he can knock down three after three after three. Um but I'm not sure if he is going to be able to get loose because I know that's going to be the game plan to slow him down. So I feel like Tucker, the team that has played very well for the vast majority of the season, I think they get back on track and they win this first-round matchup. Next up, Jones County, 18-9, the four seed out of a tough Region 2. They play McIntosh, 14-12, Region 3 champs. McIntosh beat Northgate in overtime, 42-40 to hoist the crown. Looking at Jones County, they beat Union Grove in overtime 66-63 to make it to state before losing to Dutchtown 57-36 and then falling to Warner Robins 61-44. Jones County got off to a hot start this year. They have some good guards that have really uh, stepped up this season and have um, become some of the more improved players in the classification. Jaden Stanley was a first-team all-region pick. Caden Douglas, a second-teamer. Um, but it's been a little bit tough sledding as of late. It's been a little bit stop and go. But I think a lot of that has to do with that region being so tough. McIntosh coming out of a region that, you know, you're just looking out on paper, not super difficult. You have Landon Dolhansik, who's a football commit. I think he's going to, I'm going to guess maybe Navy. I could be wrong about that. But he is a good basketball player that brings some physicality uh, as a wing forward type player at about six foot five. Uh, I, uh, just a tough-nosed guy. I got to see him a lot over the offseason, and uh, uh, he's a good player. Um, and Jason Isley, the, the coach of the year on that team, you got Aiden Dolan's a first-teamer. Now, the fact that their big-time football star, Uche Lowen, did not play basketball this year, that really hurts. If they had him inside, you're talking about a 14-12 and 12 team probably having close to 20 wins this year. Um, so it's been Landon, who is still a, a dual-sport athlete that carried the load for them. Um, but I think they're going to fall at home against Jones County. I think Jones County with Buck Harris is a really good coach. I think they're going to regain their focus. And, you know, coming out of Region 2, that's a region that usually plays really good defense, is physical, and can get after you. So I like the Greyhounds to go on the road and pull an upset, quote-unquote, on McIntosh in the first round. Next up, 
GAC Region 6, number 3, a team that spent some time in the top 10 throughout the year. They will now be playing Calhoun Region 7, number 2. We talked about that huge upset over Hiram in triple overtime to get into this uh, region championship game where they lost to Cartersville. Looking at Region 7, uh, Calhoun is 10-16 and 16 overall. They lost to Cartersville, who's only 14-13 and 13 in the region championship. It's a region that isn't necessarily great on paper. Dalton, the four seed, was 13-14. and 14. Um, You know, Vince Lason does a terrific job, and Amari Winston, a big-time football player, is a, a terrific rebounder and has really emerged as their go-to guy this year. He's been good. Landon Chatham's a good player as well. Uh, has some size on the perimeter, can score a little bit inside and outside. Um, but GAC, that is a team that has a lot of firepower. Rich Rojas moved in. He's a big-time scorer, averaging about 18 points and maybe close to 10 rebounds per game. Just a high-energy guy. First-team all-region pick, and he's joined by uh, Noah Harry and Mike Carpenter, uh, a guard that moved in. Those two guys are on the uh, second team. So I like GAC. I just think they've been playing Chattahoochee and – Kell and teams like that, Cambridge all season long, and have picked up some nice wins out of the region as well. So I'm going with GAC to go on the road and win in the Hive. Bottom left-hand side, Maynard Jackson. They fall all the way to the four seed out of Region 5, 18-8 overall, currently unranked, but were ranked for the most part all season long. They go to Clark Central, 15-12, Region 8 champs after upsetting Winder Barrow in the title game. They won that 65-60. If we're going to start with Maynard Jackson, Maynard Jackson, uh, they lost 70-56 to to Chapel Hill and then lost in overtime 84-85 to Mays in the consolation game. Uh, Maynard Jackson was part of that massive brawl uh, with Tri-Cities. I think they had eight players suspended, so the fact that they made it into the state tournament is a huge deal. Uh, and it's a real shame that, uh, not only that, but more so, uh, Makai turned the Kennesaw State signee. He got hurt like first or second week of the season. We haven't seen him all year. I really feel like if Maynard Jackson was full strength and you had him inside, that is a, a true state title uh, contender roster right there. And I still think they're very, very good. And they can win some games in the state tournament, but losing their big shot blocker game alter inside stinks. But the positive side is you've seen Cam Dover emerge as a 6-6-6-7 inside-out wing forward type player. He's super smooth and is really good. And Maynard Jackson, I just feel like they have a lot of guys. Yusuf Bauer can get hot from deep. He can stroke it really well. Cassius uh, Watkins is a very reliable guard who has played big his entire career. And they got a couple other really nice pieces. Donovan Thomas, an honorable mention kid. It has a really bright future. Now, you're going up against Clark Central, a team that likes to score the ball. Marcus Gillespie is a big-time prospect, averages probably close to 30 points a game again this year, can really fill it up. Uh, he's a high-volume shooter, but if he's hot, he can really take over games, and he has some good guards around him that he can spread the ball out to for threes. Lanier Gill is a good shooter as well that can be tough, and they do have some uh, brothers on the team, twin brothers, that can really – go onto the floor and stretch the floor from that small forward forward position um they're tough but i think maynard jackson just judging based on what they've done all season long if they have all their guys back i think they have the weapons that can slow down uh gillespie a little bit and i do think maynard jackson uh just over the proof of their resume and what they've seen the entire season in region five i think they should be prepared to go on the road and should be able to steal a game in a very hostile environment 
Top right-hand side, Mays, 19-8 overall, the three seed out of Region 5. Mays back in the top 10 at number 9 in the state. They will travel to number 10 in the state. Winder Barrow, 23-4, Region 8 runner-up after losing to Clark Central. Mays has been a, a tad bit up and down this year, but again, I think that's more so because they play in that super tough Region 5. They have Darren Deuce Lindsay, the Region Player of the Year, has had some just explosive games, scoring over 40 points, dropping in uh, you know, seven, eight, nine three-pointers in some of these games. He's just a, a great shooter, and when he's red hot, they're tough to stop. Uh, you got some other key pieces on the wings. You got G- Germany Wilson, an athletic football player, and Davenport Cox has helped out a lot. Jacorian Wiggles has missed some time, but he brings that football toughness. Another big athlete that rebounds uh, like a maniac. And then you have Tyler Baldwin Hughes, another savvy guard that can provide some production. I think he just had a double double with points and assists in one of his recent games. Um, I'm going with Mays to beat Winder Barrow here. I know these two teams, I believe they hooked up in the playoffs last year and had a really fun showdown between the two of them. Um, Winder Barrow's tough. I like Jaden Baskin inside. He's a really big addition to the interior um, for the Bulldogs. Uh, if he's able to control the paint, that would be huge. But I know Mays is going to be able to throw multiple guys at him to help rebound and shut him down on the interior. And then, of course, uh, you're looking at your your Region 8, your top guys from that Winder Barrow team uh, would be Jaron Samuel, a big-time prospect who can really shoot the ball, a youngster at about six foot four guard. That's the guy that's very uh, very efficient with his shooting. And you got Tyron Sims, a veteran guard in the backcourt as well. And just looking at what these two teams did uh, last year, they did meet. They did indeed meet in the postseason, and that was a win for Mays at Winder Barrow, 69-68. So they've been there. They have done that before, and I'm going to go with Mays to beat Winder Barrow in what should be another classic. Next up, North Springs, a four-seed out of Region 6, 9-19 only, versus Carterville, 14-13 only, the Region 7 champs. I have Cartersville on upset alert here. I know it's incredibly difficult to win in the Storm Center over there at Cartersville. It's always very challenging. I know I had one game there I saw many years ago, and it was just uh, pretty crazy. Um, But Cartersville obviously must be playing pretty well as of right now, uh, being able to secure that one seed. They knocked off Calhoun in the championship 60-58 to as a three seed, beating a four seed. Um, so it was a really topsy-turvy thing. They beat Dalton by three points in the semifinal matchup. Um, but Cartersville's led by the big fella DJ Kane inside, about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, uh, is a big body. And then Naz Bennett is one of their top scorers, was a second-team selection. But... North Springs, they are battle-tested. They have a very unattractive record, but they have played some really good teams in Region 6 all season long and then non-region as well. And Esmer Modesco, little guard, he can flat-out fill it up, averaging over 20 points per game. If he gets cooking, North Springs has a chance to make some noise and make it to the next round. If he gets some help from Kendall Hurd, an honorable mention all-region pick, North Springs could be in business. I am picking the upset of North Springs to go into Cartersville and knock off the Purple Hurricanes. Next up, Warner Robins, three seed out of Region 2. Warner Robins ranked number 8 in the state versus Northgate, 19-7. Region 3, number 2. Northgate, this is their best team in decades, it almost feels like. This is a team that usually would win about five games or so, but they've done a terrific job really turning things around and having their best season in years and years and years. Um, Northgate has seen 
Paul Walthall and Dante Smith as all-region first-team selections. And then Ja'Kai Cunningham, a second-teamer, has helped balance the attack. I'm going with Warner Robbins, though. Uh, again, Region 2, super tough. They've had some crazy explosive outbursts. I think they had maybe like five games of 100 points or something close to that. Gabe Jacobs, he's back healthy. He's a guy that hit, what, like 10 threes in a game, scored like 50 points, 52 points. Uh, knockdown shooter, obviously, goes without saying. And then you have Cameron Perkins in the backcourt, a savvy veteran point guard that just makes everyone around him better. Um, Jay Johnson's a really toolsy uh, small forward. I think Warner Robbins should be prepared to go on the road and secure this victory. Next up, Greenbrier 12 and 15, the four seed out of Region 1. They go to Decatur, Region 4 champs, 19 and 6 overall. They shoot all the way up to number 6 in the state. After beating Tucker twice this year, including in the championship game, I really like how Decatur plays. Constant motion, nonstop cutting. Now, it just depends. Are they going to have their football players? They've had a couple football guys miss games throughout the season. Um, but if they're at full strength, they are a good team. Um, they have Luke Brooks, a, a timely shooter, about 6'3", 6'4", uh, three-point shooter that can get buckets. Uh, Alden Daniels, you're talking about 6'5", 6'6", that stretch forward that hit that game-winning three. Jason Wellborn's a really good young guard, and Bryce Housen is a a terrific um, sophomore point guard uh, that made an all-region team as well. I just like how this team plays, and if they have everyone in the fold, I think they're going to be able to beat Greenbrier, a Greenbrier team with some very good shooters on that roster. But Decatur, they are... Uh, battle-tested, and coming off a win over uh, Tucker, I think they feel very good about their chances of making a deep run, especially in this top right-hand side of the bracket where there's there's good teams, but I don't know if there's a, at least on paper, great team that a lot of other teams will be afraid of. Um, so I think Decatur has a chance to make a deep run. Bottom right-hand side, we start with east side, Region 8, number 3. They're 12 and 14 overall. They traveled to a Region 5 runner-up. Chapel Hill, 20-8 and eight overall. Chapel Hill is ranked number five in the state. Chapel Hill with the big fellow Ramon Soye inside, close to seven foot tall with a great frame, good athlete, has really um, evolved and developed his final season uh, as a Panther, has become a, a game changer. And they got all those tough-nosed athletic uh, wing players, C.J. Gathers, C.J. Winters, uh, really, really tough for the Panthers, they got some other guys that can really score the ball in the backcourt. You got Kaiden Mays, a six foot six swingman. Uh, length, shooting, a lot is on the table for Chapel Hill. They are a complete team, and I think they're just going to be too strong for Eastside. I know Eastside, they're all region pick. Traber Edwards is their top go to guy, um, but I just don't think he's going to have enough help around him. I think Chapel Hill at home and having uh, you know something to prove after losing that region championship, they're going to come out strong, and I think they should put away Eastside. Next up, Dalton, 13 and 14, Region 7, number 4 versus Kale, Region 6, number 1, the defending state champs, 23 and 3 overall, number 1 in the state. Kale should just have way too much firepower here with C.J. Brown, the USF uh, signee, just electrifying the Region Player of the Year. You got Cannon Richards, a 6'6'4", jumps out of Atlanta. Jumps out of the gym. And then you have Jalen Cologne, Alabama A&M, a three-point specialist that can really fill it up on the perimeter. All those guys, first-team picks, they're just going to be way too strong for a Dalton team who has been slowly improving each and every year over under uh, Ryan Scoggins, the coach of the year out of Region 7, and Drew Snyder, a, a good young player I got to see 
uh, as a youngster. He's uh, much <laughs> much older now, um, but he was a first-team all-region pick. He's a tough-nosed kid, and then Kobe Cooper uh, provides some athleticism. He was a second-teamer, but Kale is just going to run away with this one, and they're going to run away from a lot of teams this year. Next up, Harris County, 5-21, Region 3, number 3. They travel to Dutchtown, Region 2, number 2, 17-9 overall. Dutchtown is number 4 in the state, part of this group of death quadrant. Uh, they're just going to overwhelm Harris County. It's going to start with their size with Matthew Hinton and Joa Chappelle. Uh, they're so good defensively with Hinton anchoring it, and then Chappelle uh, able to do a little bit of everything on the perimeter, gets to the basket, shoots the 3, defensively is a disruptor. Um, Wallace Corker has a great team. They just fumbled the game away. They were winning that. They were winning the region championship against Eagles Landing and completely melted down at the end of it. But still, Dutchtown is very, very scary, and they're just going to be too strong and too big for Harris County. I know Cameron Phillips was an all-region selection for the Tigers of Harris County, but. It's going to be tough to deal with Dutchtown. I like Dutchtown to win this game, and I think they might be able to hold Harris County to 30 points or less. Next up, ML King, Region 4, number 4, led by Nicholas Harris, the coach of the year. They've had a great season at 18-10. and 10. They traveled to Statesboro, Region 1 champs, 20-4 and 4 overall, unranked. They beat Bradwell Institute by 1 to win that title. Um, ML King, they can score the ball. They can score the ball. The Lions are very tough. Kennedy Ruzvidzio. Kennedy Ruzvidzio. Um, a very good score. Has had some explosive games. You got Shondell Heath was an all-region pick as well. And then Devin Bowers, a good, trustworthy guard. Uh, that's a great core. Uh, Quaymon Ellison as well has been a big addition for them. And they have really become a very formidable team. They slipped to the four seed in a tough region. Um, but ML King is good. They're going to have a chance to knock off Statesboro. Uh, a Statesboro team that you usually see uh, anchored by dual sport athletes that play football. Um, we'll see what Region 1 can do. Again, like I said, I want to see if Region 1, are they up to snuff uh, against these teams in these Metro Atlanta type areas. I think ML King definitely has a shot. I think they score the ball better than Statesboro. Um, but the travel down there could be tough. And I'm, I'm going to go with the Blue Devils just because it's at home. And I think they might be a smidgen better. But I know ML King has seen great opponents all season long and will not be intimidated. My final four, uh, very tough. And I would not be surprised if I only got maybe one of these right, possibly none of these right, because you have some just slobber knocker games that are going to line up, not just in the Elite Eight, but in the Sweet 16. We're going to see like legit title contenders <laughs> getting eliminated. Um, but I'm going with Tri-Cities, Tucker, Decatur, and Kell. And I have Kell knocking off Decatur, Tri-Cities edging Tucker, and then Kell repeating his state champs over Tri-Cities. That's so how I have it, and I have a very bad feeling that I'm going to get a lot of these games wrong just because there's so many good teams in Class 5A evenly matched. Uh, I could see this bracket having a lot of red marks next to these picks. We find ourselves down in Class 4A, a very fun classification. We will start on the top left-hand side. Riverdale, 14-13 and 13 overall. Region 4, number 3. They will travel to Hardaway, 16-12. and 12. Region 1, runner-up. Hardaway has played some good teams in the non-region. I think they've seen Langston Hughes. Uh, I believe they played some uh, other tough opponents as well. Columbus is in that area. 
a few other good teams too. So I was impressed when I was doing my research on the amount of teams that Hardaway has played out of the region. And uh, I think Hardaway, you know, they lost to Bainbridge by three points in that region championship game. That was a tough loss. Um, but Hardaway does have some guys that can put the ball in the basket. They are going to be led by Antonio Dorch, averaging close to 11 points per game. Lamel Mims, 12.9 points per game. And Makai Benton leads them in scoring at 14 a night. So you got three guys in double figures against Riverdale. They got Messiah Jones, a really good 6'7 forward, a big-time sleeper prospect that's a threat to go for 20 and 10 pretty much any night and can do it inside and out. But I think Hardaway at home and with the more balanced attack, I think they should be able to get it done. But I do think this should be a close game. Next up, Southeast Bullock, 14-14, and 14, Region 3, number 4. They traveled to Baldwin, 24-2, Region 2 champs. Baldwin ranked number 4 in the state. Baldwin has had a terrific season under Coach Ben Smith. First year on the job coming over from Dublin. Uh, he won Coach of the Year. Trey Lawrence, who we got to see at the Sandy Spill um, what was it? Sandy Spill shootout last year, uh, was very impressive. He won Player of the Year this year. And then you got Isaiah Dennis back with the team, a first-team all-region kid. Karez Demery moved in, a first-team all-region kid. They got some explosive athletes, some really good guards that can score the ball. So they are off to a very good start right now. Um, Baldwin, though, will be going up against Southeast Bullock, who I was able to see play in person, actually. Uh, Southeast Bullock, Zach Wells is their go-to guy. He can score the ball very well. He's a very consistent scorer uh, at that. A guy that can really find the basket, gets to the rim a lot. Uh, a, a pretty decent shooter, but really is more predicated on getting downhill and scoring at the rim. Uh, he has some help alongside him. Trey Jones is a good-looking athlete. Brendan O'Dowd, uh, another bigger guard. And then Ash Collins, uh, not always going to be uh, a, a big factor in some games, but in the right spot, he can really make an impact. Close to six foot eight inside a young prospect that is finding his way. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on as a potential X factor. But I do like Baldwin. I think their guard play is just going to be too explosive for Southeast Bullock. I think they're going to win at home. Next up, we have Heritage Katusa, Region 7, number 3. They take on Westminster, who is 19-9. They lost in the Region 6 championship game to Holy Innocence. They lost that game 64-53. Westminster finds himself ranked for the first time this season at 19-9, number 10 in the state. They will have a home game, and they will have to stop Blake Debity, a, a big body, a sophomore, has very good post moves and is a pick-and-pop threat, shoots the ball pretty well from the distance. Uh, they have a couple long guards in the backcourt for Heritage, but sometimes they can struggle to score. Westminster, they're going to be able to spread the floor, knock down some threes, uh, a very balanced attack. They don't have one standout per se. Uh, they have two kids on the third-team all-region list with Zaid El-Shahabi and then Tim, uh, actually Kyle Coleman. Uh, so those two guys are good and it's to no surprise that you've seen coach Hicks and ball his first year on the job get Steve or uh, sorry get this uh Westminster team uh to to heights that they haven't seen in a couple of years it was a, a program that was kind of stuck in the mud but coach Hicks and ball has done a great job and uh Westminster finds himself with the home game in the first round and I think they're going to find themselves making it to the sweet 16. Next up North Hall 12 and 16 the 
Region 8 four seed coming out of the gauntlet of Region 8, a region that you knew was going to have crazy upsets in that region tournament. They stunned, they flat out stunned a Madison County, uh, 79 to 66. Madison County was ranked all year in the top 10 and just had a very disappointing finish. And that's Jarvis Davenport coming over and making North Hall uh, a very scary threat and getting the most out of his roster. Cole Holsey is a good forward around the rim, and then Matthew Ray, a guard that can fill it up from the perimeter. They will be traveling to McDonough, Region 5 champs. They had a huge championship win over Pace Academy, so they win the rubber match after splitting in the regular season 64-59. Nigel Thomas really coming into his own as a 6-7 wing, and then you have the brothers Zayden Green was a second team. Let's see. Zayden Green was a all-region selection, a good guard that can really get after you. And they have uh, Keenan Gray, who has really been their their, their top scorer this year. Uh, a first-team all-region pick has been really good and has emerged as not just an energy guy, but a guy that can score in a multitude of ways. Um, so they have enough talent. I think they're going to be able to slap on that press, and they're going to really give North Hall a hard time. So I like McDonough to advance. Bottom left-hand side, K. Rowe. They were involved, I believe, in that big fight and had to uh, forfeit a game or two maybe. Uh, 15 and 10 overall, they slipped to the three seed in Region 1. They will be on the road at 12 and 17 Troop County, who is a two seed out of Region 4. Uh, Troop County, they are going to be led by, uh, let's see here, they are led by D. Moreland, their third team all region selection. He is getting some support from DeJalen Coleman, or Campbell, sorry. Uh, they will play Cairo, who I mentioned. Cairo has one of the top scores in the entire state. Uh, Kishan Spence averages over 24 points per game. A guy that gets to the line a lot, can stretch you out with the three-point shot. And then Amari Powell is another really good score. Uh, he's chipping in about 15 points per game. I think Cairo goes on the road and wins this one at Troop County. Next up, Westside Macon, Region 2, number 4, 18 and 10. They traveled to New Hampstead, 21-5, Region 3 champs. They beat Benedictine close three games in a row. Very physical matchup. New Hampstead, number six in the state. New Hampstead is a team that came to the Sandy Spill tip-off classic. I thought they had a chance to be very good this year. Lo and behold, they're enjoying one of their best seasons, if not the very best season in school history, with a chance to win a couple games in the state tournament. They played a very tough non-region schedule to start the year, a grueling schedule with plenty of travel going to Augusta, then coming all the way to Chesty over here in the Gainesville area for my event, and I really appreciate them for doing that, and you see it now. Uh, it's all coming together. They've had kids in and out of the lineup with football, with injuries, with this, that, sickness. But when this New Hampshire team is fully intact, they're good. You cannot deny the amount of options that they have. Uh, Coach Jeffrey Williams, who, again, is coaching uh, this season after suffering a stroke at the end of last year, and it's a, it's a, it's a, a blessing that he's even on the sideline. So it's just been such a a good feeling story to see how well New Hampstead has played. And he's got his freshman son, uh, A.J. Williams, has really made some huge plays throughout the season. A good score, sees the floor so well, makes his team really go. Uh, you got uh, Antoine Humans is a very good guard. Tolan Daughtry's shifty, makes the right reads. Kentavious Woodbury is an athletic 6'5", I believe lefty on the wing that can knock down threes, a 3 and D guy. Oliver Hoffman uh, 
is another 6'5 forward. Jakari Glover inside is an emerging 6'5 forward as a sophomore that grabs a lot of rebounds, provides great physicality. Rashawn Truell, QB1, is a dead-eye three-point shooter. I mean, they have weapons. They have the pieces. It's about gelling together, and they've been able to do that. They're on a hot streak right now. Um, they're going up against a West Side team that certainly does have talent, though. Westside has some length, and they have some good guard play. Josh Harden transferred in from Howard. He is a very good scorer. They also had the co-defensive player of the year in Region 2 in Chauncey Williams, who stands about six foot seven. another transfer from, I believe, Howard as well. So those two have come in to help Westside, uh, and they are a, a team that does have talent on the roster. Christian Little was an honorable mention selection. Um, but I think New Hampshire at home, if they just play up to their potential, move the ball around, beat you with – you know, five, six guys scoring eight to 14 points per game. I mean, that adds up quickly. So I like New Hampshire, the Phoenix. This is a really good team. If they can get past Westside, who is going to be a tough first round matchup, I, I think New Hampshire is a threat to win a couple games. Next up, we have Southwest Cab 12 and 15, the three seed out of Region 6. They go on the road to Central Carrollton Region 7, number 2, 23 and 4. Central Carrollton spent some time in the top 10 this year, but recently dropped out. Uh, they were beaten by Sonoraville in that region championship game. That was a final score of 51-38. to 38. Central Carrollton, um, Isaiah West has been sick lately. He should be uh, 100% healthy. That will be a big help for them. Uh, they don't have Zakiel Amir on the roster anymore, I don't think. And that was a, somewhat of a big blow just because you're losing your six foot six forward that can play a lot of different roles for you they do have connor williams i like him as a, a valuable guy that doesn't get a lot of headlines but he's six six can stretch the floor does some good work defensively um, but it's all about those interchangeable athletic guards chase north is really tough the region player of the year Kayvon cochran is a guy that has exploded this year not only a three level scorer and a great outside shooter but he is a big time highlight maker downhill loves to punch dunks on people uh, Messiah Boykin is good. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have so many names that you can name because they're such a well-balanced team. They run a lot of really good sets, Central Carrollton does, um, and they play good defense. They're comfortable playing in these low-scoring games. You're probably not going to see Central Carrollton blow anybody out in the state tournament, um, so expect these games to be close and gritty, and especially when you're playing a Southwest Cab team and Eugene Brown, who loves to have those same type games. I would not be surprised if you see this game in the 40s. Uh, and decided in a low-scoring affair. Um, Southwest DeKalb, you're going to be led by Sam Turner, a second-team all-region selection. Uh, but I, I think looking at Central Carrollton, it, it, they got home court advantage. I think that's going to be big here. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a close game, but I do feel like Central Carrollton, they do have the mat, uh, the matchups, the athleticism to to contend with a Southwest cab team that's really gritty. I think they'll be able to score the ball just a little bit more and find some hoops on those sets that they run. Next up, we have Love at 15 and 12, Region 5, number 4. They play North Oconee, Region 8 champs, 25 and 3, ranked number 3 in the state. North Oconee from top to bottom has just been outstanding this year. They have crushed teams in their region. The only loss was the Seconder earlier in the season at Seconder, um, and they have really rolled ever since. They came to the Sandy Spiel uh, shootout, and they uh, thumped Jonesboro. They beat them very badly, and they just have so many pieces 
uh, with Bird Carter is a, a great player, is so good at getting to the basket, is crafty. Uh, you've seen um, Justin Payne, who I got to see in the Sandy Spill Spring Showcase last year. He has really taken off this year. A great shooter, uh, that veteran guard play in the backcourt. Uh, Justin Wise, who's going to be a Division I player as a freshman, a big guard that's super athletic, blocks a lot of shots, and can stroke it from deep. Oh, man, the list goes on and on. Evan Montgomery at 6'7", controls the paint. Kamari Brooks, 6'4", is just a bulldozer around the rim as well. So they have a great starting five. They play good defense. They shoot the three exceptionally well. They are tough. I know Lovett can shoot the three ball uh, quite well as well. They have a young team. Cameron Cannon was a second-team all-region pick. He's been very good for them. And Kingston Woody has had a very strong season as well. Um, but North Oconee, it's going to be at home. you got Bill Dolan on the mic. Um, North Oconee, this is their year. If it's, it's now or never, this is North Oconee's year to make history and to take a deep run and contend for a state title. I think they have the guys to do so, and if those outside shots are dropping and they're able to control the backboards uh, between Montgomery and Brooks, which is very doable, I think North Oconee is going to be very difficult to beat in the state tournament. Top right-hand side, Woodland Stockbridge, 15-12, and 12, Region 5, number 3 versus Seconder, Region 8, runner-up, 21-7. and 7. Uh, Coach of the year in Region 8, Nate Hamilton, has some uh, has his Seconder team ranked number 7 in the state. They fell to North Oconee, 53-48 in the championship game, a game that was close all throughout. Seconder has really found their groove, has uh, kind of tuned up their defense it was a little loose beginning of the season uh, they've been better they've been cutting into the bench making a, the rotation a bit shorter um, guys are really buying into their roles you got Keith Banks can really fill it up he will shoot from all over the floor um, Carter Watkins has had a very consistent season has been getting on d3 radars uh, Caleb Wells is a very good looking young freshman a six foot four shooter Tony Wells the older brother, big burly guy, can stretch the floor. Akiva Walker can shoot the three, but plays that role as a 6-3 defender. Uh, just a lot of interchangeable pieces. Braxton Miller protects the ball extremely well. Um, and they're playing a, a Woodland team who, remember Woodland, I think they made maybe a trip to the Sweet 16, possibly Elite 8 last year. They got hot at the right time, but Mason Lewis, from what I've been told, the region player of the year in Region 5, uh, has gotten hurt. And if he is hurt and still not able to play, um, that will be a bad news for Woodland Stockbridge. They did get Tylen Redmond to transfer in in the middle of the season, and uh, lo and behold, he's been one of their top scorers since. Um, but if they're not at full strength, that's going to be tough for Woodland to win at Seconder. But I know um, the Wolfpack are going to be able to go into Seconder. They're going to try and make it a physical game, and they're going to provide some experience playing the likes of McDonough and Pace Academy. So they've seen some of the very best in the state. But I think Seconder, if they are able to limit turnovers, play well, and take smart shots, I like Seconder to win this game and advance on to the Sweet 16. If they move on to the Sweet 16, they might have a rematch of last year's horror in the first round when they were upset by Sonoraville. Sonoraville Region 7 champs. They are 20-7 and seven overall. They crack into the poll for the first time uh, this season at... Number nine in the state, and they will play Hateville Charter 14 and 14, the four seed coming out of Region 6. Sonoraville, I got a chance to watch them play in that region tournament, and I came away impressed. They don't have a ton of depth, but their starting five is very good. 
Um, you got Donovan McDaniel, a, a big guard, athletic, tough-nosed kid. Elijah Woods is the one that really makes him go at the point guard position. Very good facilitator. I think Jordan Story, a long, lanky, athletic, six-foot-six wing that can stroke the three ball. That's a kid that should be on D3, D2 uh, radars, probably D3. Uh, and NAI schools, he's got a lot of talent that could really develop into something special, block some shots as well. You got six foot eight Bryson Shellnut inside. I believe he picked up an offer from Reinhardt a couple months ago. Um, he's active around the rim, protects the um, protects uh, the rim, and can score in the paint off rebounds. And then Jackson Pate is a nice hustler as well. So this Sonoraville team, coached by Coach Mashburn. They're tough to beat. They're extremely tough to beat in the furnace. Uh, Hateville Charter, they do have Jonathan Goldson, a very good player um, that has earned some all-region honors, uh, looking at what he's been able to accumulate. Uh, He was a first-teamer in Region 6. And then you got Keith Parker, a second-team selection, and then Thaddeus Batone, uh, a third-teamer. Hateville Charter is going to provide uh, something that Sonoraville hasn't seen a a ton of with the toughness of the guards and coming from the – uh, that Atlanta area and, and going in and attacking and potentially slapping on a press when needed. But I do like Sonoraville. I think their size advantage in this game could be huge. And I do think Elijah Woods is a very good guard. So I think Sonoraville sets up a matchup, a rematch of last year's first-round matchup against Seconder in the Sweet 16. Next up, we have Griffin, 15-12, and 12, Region 2, number 3. They travel to Benedictine, Region 3, number 2, 14-7 overall. Benedictine with the stomp heard round world uh, with one of their players getting kicked off the team after going viral with their malfeasance against New Hampshire. Benedictine, it all starts and stops with Caleb Jones. He's going to score his 25-plus points per game. It's all about can they get some scoring alongside him. He's averaging 28 points uh, on the season, uh, they got those good football players around him. LaDon Bryant is an intimidating uh, athletic swingman. He's a, a big piece for them to help control the glass. EJ Washington's a good-looking athlete as well. But everything starts and stops with Benedictine's Caleb Jones. Uh, they got Griffin coming into town. Griffin, they are led by one of their top defenders. I believe he was a co-defensive uh, player of the year. Corey Furlow is a big-time defender that can block some shots and rebound well. He was a first-team all-region pick. And then DeMarley Bailey uh, was added on to the second team. I like Benedictine here. Benedictine had that great run to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, and Jones is just such an unorthodox scorer with that crazy uh, three-point shot. And he's just able to get his shot off from wherever he wants. And they got those football players that provide that muscle in the paint and that toughness. I like Benedictine to win at home. Next up, Westover, Region 1, 4 seed at 13 and 12. They travel to Fayette County, Region 4 champs, 20 and 7 overall. Fayette County always finds a way to win games with Andre Flynn. They have still been searching that elusive state title. Uh, but Christian McAllister has really stepped up this year, won Region Player of the Year. He's been getting support from Keith Gillespie, a first team all region pick. Donovan Henlon was a third teamer. Uh, Westover. Uh, Westover, again, they've played spoiler in years past. Um, they have Anthony Milton as one of their top players this season. He's averaging nearly nine points per game. Bryson Carter's at eight points per game. Um, but I think Fayette County, especially at home, they like to play fast. They scored 102 points in the region championship game over Troop County. 
if they get those shots flying, they play a really helter-skelter, aggressive style, especially defensively. And if they get some easy buckets in transition, this could turn into a blowout. I know Westover will have some strong athletes that can compete with them, but I think Fayette County, just the overall polish and what they've been able to do consistently this year, I have the Tigers advancing to the next round. Bottom right-hand side, Walnut Grove, 15-14, and 14, Region 8, number 3. They traveled to Pace Academy again, uh, just like last year. I believe those two teams met. Uh, Pace Academy, the two-seed out of Region 5, 23-4 overall. Pace Academy is number 2 in the state. Walnut Grove, they were dead in the water. I think they lost like 8 of their last 10 games heading into the region tournament. It looked like they were packing it in, but Coach Witherspoon is a great coach, and he got those boys up. They upset the one-seed in uh, region 8, Cherokee Bluff. They beat them 58-56, and Cherokee Bluff was pretty much complete polar opposite. They had won like 14 of their last 16 games, so two teams going in opposite directions, and then they switched the tracks, and then here, here you have it. Uh, Walnut Grove is in the state tournament again, and they do have talent. Marcus Smith is a great guard, um, is going to be a Division One player one day, most likely. Just very exciting. Tyler Jewell's a great shooter, and Chase Rue if he's able to be healthy, full strength, he's a, a nice swing man that can provide some offense. Um, but I do feel like Walnut Grove is going to have their hands full at pace. It's hard to pick against pace this time of year. And pretty much everybody back from last year's state championship team. Of course, Eric Chatfield, a very good young guard, is a top scorer. Kyle Green is committed to play at Central Florida, if I'm not mistaken. A big guard that does everything. Chandler Bings picked up some D1 offers. L.J. Moore is going to the University of Chicago. The list goes on and on and on. They're tough to choose against. I like Pace Academy. Next up, Cedartown, 13-15, and 15, Region 7, number 4. Quinlan Cothran is a very good junior to keep an eye on. That is a good six foot five post presence that can play on the perimeter as well. But they have the unenviable uh, task of traveling to Holy Innocence, the Region 6 champs, currently ranked number 5 in the state, Caleb Wilson, possibly the very best prospect in the state of Georgia, I guess right behind Ace Bailey, um, the junior, about 6'10", wing forward, does everything, triple-double threat nightly, facilitates scores. Just go Google some highlights. Cedartown's not going to have anything to stop him. And then, of course, Holy Innocence has some really nice pieces around. Caleb Wilson as well. Devin Hutcherson has really emerged. And then you have Will Hopkins, a very solid player that's going to play in college as well. So Golden Bears, Bears in general, uh, a big win on the horizon for Holy Innocence. Next up, Burke County, 19-7, Region 3, number 3, versus Spalding, 18-10, Region 2, number 2. I got Spalding winning this game. Spalding, uh, they have a nice nucleus of guys that can score the ball, a couple football guys, uh, so they have that killer mentality. Uh, so they're going to be very tough with Kertavian Clark, um, a first-team all-region pick, a very good player, uh, has put up numbers his entire career. You got uh, Bahi Daniel, a second-team pick, uh, a youngster, a little bit of a smaller guard, but a sophomore that has played a very key role for Spalding this year, and then Cedric Evans, a third-teamer. So I like Spalding to win this game over Burke County, a Burke County team that has had a good season, but in the region tournament, they ran into a buzzsaw as they lost to... Let's see, they lost to Benedictine 68-44. They got beat pretty badly before rebounding with a six-point win over Southeast Bullock. 
Lastly, we have Whitewater, 17 and 11. They got the four seed. Now they play Bainbridge, the one seed out of Region 1, 18 and 9 overall. Whitewater got to see them a lot at the Sandy Spiel Fall League. No surprise to see them in the state tournament. Ashton Preston is a good young guard. Um, he gets help from Saye Daramola, who I liked a lot in the Fall League. Long, springy, blocks a lot of shots. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six maybe, um, but plays like he's 6'9", with how active he is. He is a good young player to keep an eye on. Um, those two, and then Caden Thomas, I think, has a lot of skills uh, with his size, about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, on the perimeter, shoots the three, can get to the basket. That's a nice nucleus, but they're playing at Bainbridge. Bainbridge is going to be tough to beat on the road. Always got those tough physical athletes. A.J. Grant's a really good guard, averaging 16 points per game. He's had a really good career, and he'll get some support from some others along the way. Zyrell Williams averages close to 9 points per game, and Keith Gaines is a body inside at 7 points per game a senior uh, a senior center that rebounds and blocks some shots so i think bainbridge i just think that's going to be a tough trip in a tough environment for whitewater i'll go with bainbridge to win but i do think whitewater has a chance to hang around now on to my final four picks we have mcdonough topping baldwin i think that would be a great matchup i could see that game going either way if those two teams meet in the elite eight i feel that is a really fun matchup and that would be a great game for fans to get out to but i'll go with mcdonough who's still trying to get that first state title under coach bj thomas maybe this is the year Uh, bottom left hand side new Hampstead versus north oconee is a potential elite eight matchup north oconee is my pick here again i just feel like if they have home court advantage, that will be huge for them. If not, that could sway me. Uh, but they've just been so good with that three-point shot and their defense and just seeing really tough-nosed teams in Elite Eight. A run is, uh, I think, doable, and the Final Four is obtainable for Coach Rasmussen. Top right-hand side, uh, I have Seckinger. And, I, you know, they could get knocked off in the first round. The second round could be very tough if they see Sonoraville. Fayette County possibly in the Elite Eight would be really uh, difficult as well, but it just feels like second year they've been playing consistent basketball over the past month and a half now. Uh, they're 21-7 overall. Aside from that loss to North Oconee, they had beaten Walnut Grove by you know, 76-48. They beat East Hall close, blew out East Forsyth, beat Walnut Grove, beat East Hall, North Hall, Cedar Shoals. Um, so the only team that's been able to clip them is North Oconee over the past around 10 games, and then they had a loss to Woodward Academy. But they've been really rolling, playing really good basketball. I think it'll be tough, but if they're able to knock down those outside shots, if three balls are falling, and they can't fall in love with the three too much, they have to make sure they're attacking the paint as well. But I do think second year does have the personnel to make it to the final four. And lastly, bottom right-hand side, Pace Academy. I think if they get past what looks like holy innocence in that sweet 16, I think they might have easy sledding to the final four. And that would set up McDonough versus North Oconee. And then second year versus Pace, we would have region eight versus region five, um, both teams representing. Um, so two and two, and I know region eight, uh, it's a gauntlet. We will see if it is truly battle tested, which I feel like it is this year. Um, but easier said than done. But I would have McDonough topping North Oconee, second year falling to Pace Academy, lining up round four, Pace versus McDonough. And then I have Pace Academy winning because I just don't 
know uh, has Charmin White ever lost a state championship game. It's kind of like Wilkinson County. Uh, if he gets there, uh, they win. And I think if Mr. White gets Pace Academy back to the state championship game, they will find a way to win. But either way, I foresee this being a topsy-turvy classification with a lot of quote-unquote upsets. And I think it's going to be a fun finish, but I still think at the end of the day, the state title runs through Pace Academy. We now find ourselves down in Class 3A. Class 3A will start on the top left-hand side. Harlem, 14-11, and 11, the three-seed out of Region 4, a region that saw everybody pretty much beat up on each other. Uh, they will play a Monroe, 21-6, and 6, Region 1, number 2. They were knocked off in overtime, double overtime by Doherty, 70-65. I have Monroe advancing in this game. There's going to be some terrific athletes, so... B.J. Reese averaging over 14 points per game for Harlem, along with Lamar Edmond, a, a just exciting uh, leaper who posts 12 points per game. Those two guys have done a great job uh, lifting this Harlem team into the postseason. But I do think Monroe, the body of work shows that they've been tough all year long. Justin Burns, a really good athlete, going to Chipola, a swingman that can do a little bit of everything. For the Golden Tornadoes, he was named Player of the Year in Region 1. Um, and they also have some support from Lonzo Still, a very good guard, uh, and Jaquan Maddox, who was a second-team pick. Um, but Region 1 and Region 4, both those regions, really tough, competitive. A lot of those teams all beat each other. I think pretty much all these t- all these regions saw uh, a lot of these teams beat up on each other. But I do have Monroe advancing to the next round. I think Monroe is a very difficult place to play. But Harlem does have two horses in the backcourt that can make this game interesting. Next up, Calvary Day, 9-17, and 17, the four seed out of Region 3. They will take on Peach County, only 14-12, and 12, but the region champs out of Region 2, a region which is five teams. And on paper, the weakest region in the state. Um... Calvary Day at 9-17, and 17, I, I got to say they're the most talented 9-17 and 17 team I've seen in a long time. Uh, things just haven't all necessarily gelled together as far as wins go, but they did beat Liberty County to make it to the state tournament, and that's after they had to beat Savannah Christian in the opening round, 58-51. Um, and then they went on. They lost by three points to Johnson in the semifinals and then lost by two to long county so they're always in the mix they're always in the hunt calvary day has always been right there they're close they have uh that size inside cool dang is about six foot ten uh cole cure is about six foot eight so they have the two uh imports that came in last year that provide size cj Gaines is a tough nose guard was a first team all region pick a good score and they have other key pieces. Marlon Knight is a youngster, a big guard as well. Uh, Blaine Gunther can shoot the ball. All the pieces are there for uh, Calvary Day to just put it all together and get hot and win a game or two. Um, they're playing against Peach County, a team that is led by Coach of the Year out of Region 2, Steve Cherry. And Dylan Johnson is a first-team all-region selection, as is Cam Cherry. Um so I'm going to lean on the cherries here. I'm going to go with Peach County to win this game because they are at home and Calvary Day just super scary. I would not want to see them as a four seed, but they just haven't been able to piece it all together. I think Calvary Day has a terrific shot at winning this game, but I think Peach County at Peach, they find a way to win a game that I can foresee going down to the water. Next up, 
A pair of 15 and 13 teams, Lumpkin County, the three seed out of Region 7. They travel to Ridgeland, the two seed out of Region 6. Ridgeland will be led by their top player, John Hill, a first-team all-region pick, and also have some support from Chase Hickman and Matthew Ramsey, two honorable mention selections. Lumpkin County, of course, um, led by Mr. Faulkner, uh, Cal Faulkner, a big-time scorer, a uh, football standout as well. That's a guy that gives you 20-plus points per game, is a dynamic athlete and a guy that is just smooth at getting to his spots. They also have the Defensive Player of the Year in the region, in Region 7, Preston Cox. Uh, so those two are a nice tandem to work with. I think Lumpkin County wins this game coming out of Region 7, a region that has just seen a little bit higher competition considering that there's a 7-footer you have to stop. There's a team that has a bunch of shooters as well. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to go with Lumpkin County as the road underdogs to go and beat Ridgeland. Next up, 10-16, and 16, Stevens County, Region 8, number 4. A great accomplishment for Stevens County to make it to the state tournament. They had guys in and out of the lineup pretty much all year long, it feels like. Uh, but they beat Franklin County 69-65 to clinch their spot in the state tournament. They travel to Sandy Creek, the defending state champs, 22-3 and three overall, number one in the state all season long. Top seed out of that Region 5. Sandy Creek should have no issues in this game. Keep an eye on Jet Black, a good player for Stevens County that can score the ball. But Sandy Creek is so big, so good defensively. So many pieces. Micah Smith, Amari Brown, go off and name them. Connie Rashad Henry, a really good shot blocker and defensive presence that guards inside and out. It goes on and on and on. Sandy Creek has all the pieces, and if P.J. Green is back, he did not play when I saw them play against St. Pius, but if the Missouri baseball commit is back in the fold, the honorable mention selection is a very good outside shooter, and that gives Sandy Creek all the pieces they need to advance on to the next round. Bottom left-hand side, uh, these Region 1 versus Region 4 matchups truly are intriguing. This one is Carver-Columbus. They are ranked number 10 in the state, barely hanging on. They're 21-5. They play Richmond Academy, Region 4, number 2. Richmond Academy is 8 in the state. Now, Richmond Academy, they beat pretty much everybody in that region, but just could never beat Cross Creek. I believe they went 0-3 against Cross Creek this season, losing to them 59-54 in the region championship. Now you're looking at Carver-Columbus. Same type deal for them, 21-5. and five. Uh, All those losses coming against the top two teams in that region, Doherty and also Monroe. They could not beat either one of those teams throughout the season. Uh, Doherty um, beat Carver-Columbus 86-78 in the semifinal round. And then Carver-Columbus beat Columbus 51-38. Tony Montgomery scores a lot of points, over 20 points per game. He's a dynamic scorer. Uh, that has come over, came over last year from Spencer, uh, puts the ball in the basket and can get very, very hot. He was the Offensive Player of the Year in Region 1. They're going up against uh, Justin Mims, a very good player for uh, Richmond Academy. I got to see him in the offseason and was impressed. A six foot four wing, averaging over 18 points per game. And they have had a great season. This one really feels like a coin flip. It could go either way. I would not be surprised. Both teams have kind of similar MOs, not being able to knock off that top team in their region. But both are very good outside of uh, losing to the front runners in their respective regions. Um, I'm going to go at Richmond Academy here because consider 
Carver Columbus is coming from the complete opposite side of the state. You're going from all the way on the west coast of Georgia to the east coast of Georgia. Columbus to uh, Augusta. That is going to be a bear of a travel day. And I think Richmond Academy uh, with Coach Steve Nobles will find a way to win against a very explosive Carver Columbus team. Next up, Mary Person, 6-22, the four seed out of Region 2. They travel to Savannah Country Day, one of the big shockers, 14-15 and 15 overall, but they won Region 3. Region 3 was going to have mayhem, but I'm not sure everybody or anybody predicted the seven seed out of the eight teams to make the region tournament. It was the seven seed that got hot and won the region title. They beat the six seed Beach 56-52. They beat the three seed Grove 64-51. They beat the two seed Long County 56-53. And they defeated Johnson Savannah, the one seed, 60-52 in the region championship. How did they do that? Well, they have two talented players and a player that I felt like has been getting slept on ever since he got hurt a season ago. That is Robert Spaulding. He was a second team all region selection, a good six foot four uh, guard that can play on or off the ball. Really nice player that can play at the next level. But the freshman Rudy Anderson has come in and really taken that region by storm, uh, powering the Savannah Country Day Hornets. Uh, a first-team all-region selection, a very good player that has a bright future, and he's already um, making himself known uh, in that region. And for the fact that he's been able to guide that team to the championship is quite impressive. So they are playing with house money right now. They are rolling. I think they will roll past Mary Persons, a team, like I said, with just six wins on the season. Mary Persons, their top player would be uh, Nemo Jones, was a second-team all-region selection. Um, but I think Savannah Country Day, they got the perfect draw. That is a bracket you kind of want to be in. That lower left-hand bracket seems pretty open to me, and I think Savannah Country Day wins another game. Next up, we have Cohola Creek, Region 6, number 3, 19-8 overall. They take on Pickens, Region 7, number 2, 20-8. They got screwed at the buzzer on a three-pointer that came after the shot clock. The video is as clear as day. The ball wasn't even close to being released yet. Um, but nonetheless, Pickens had a, a substantial lead in that game, and they saw it slip away. So they shouldn't have even been in that position. Um, but they could not knock off Gilmer, their heated rival, and they ended up settling for the two seed. But Bob Martin has turned that program around after winning a state title at Kings Ridge last year. You see Pickens playing their best basketball in probably school history. Parker Davis, an all-region first-team selection, as was McCord Purdy. Um, Pickens also getting help from Dodge Davis, who provides some length around the basket and on the perimeter. Cohola Creek, they have the coach of the year as well, Matthew Legg. And also the player of the year in that region, Chase Ward, uh, leads the Colts. And they also have help from Gage, Boyles, and Colin Marty. Both of those players were second-team all-region selections. I am going with Pickens County here. I think Pickens has uh, done a little bit more in the non-region schedule. Um, so I'm going with the Dragons to win, but I do think this is going to be a very tight Tightly contested game, but the fact that it is at Pickens County, I think that's going to bode well for the Dragons. Next up, Carver Atlanta. They have improved on last year's zero win season and clinch a spot in the postseason with three wins this year at 3-18. and Out of Region 5, they are the four seed, a region that did not play a region tournament this year. They take on Hart County, 14-13, and 13, surging Region 8 champs. They're ranked for the first time this year at number 9 in the state. 
talk about what Coach Gibbs has been able to do over there. Uh, Hart County, they took two out of three from Monroe area during the season, uh, and their t- uh, title run started in the semifinal round when Hart County beat Monroe area 60-53, to and then they beat Hebron Christian 59-53 to steal that number one seed, and I think they're going to take on Carver Atlanta and win this game uh, with relative ease. They're playing good basketball right now. They have Avery Strickland. I liked him when I saw him last year as a, a power forward that can stretch the floor a little bit as well at about six foot five. Nice player. He was an all region selection. And they got some very strong contributions, uh, especially deep into the season from Kirsten Curry, O'Brien Evans as well, and a couple other guys that have played well for the Bulldogs. And I think the Bulldogs win this game. Top right-hand side, again, Region 5 versus Region 8 and Region 1 versus Region 4. Those are great matchups. This one features two top 10 teams. Talk about a tough draw for both. Cedar Grove loses a coin flip. They get the three seed there, Region 5, three seed, 16 and 8 overall. They are ranked number three in the state, and they will play the number six ranked team in the state, Hebron who we just mentioned lost in the region championship in Region 8, 23-3 overall. Whew. This is a tough pill to swallow for both teams because those are two teams that legit are Final Four contenders. Uh, Blake Wilson, the region player of the year out of Region 8, a double-double machine explosive athlete, just tough as nails uh, with his per, uh, post play and perimeter play as well. Mataj Glover is a knockdown shooter, and Jelani Mason has had a really nice season as well as an all-region selection. You look at Region 5 that sent three teams to the Final Four last year. It's very doable again this year. But Manny Green is a star sophomore, possibly the best sophomore in the state of Georgia, six foot six, Just smooth athlete that makes highlight plays downhill but can shoot the ball extremely well also. The addition of Trey Rhodes really has given Cedar Grove a shot in the arm considering that EJ Colson is not playing basketball this year. I believe he's going to Central Florida to be a quarterback. They pick up Trey Rhodes from Gainesville via way of Norcross and he is a, a freak athlete that gives them toughness at about 6'3", but plays like he's 6'10", with how high he can elevate, can shoot the three a little bit, and obviously makes an impact in the painted area. Uh, You got Dontavia Stringfield that moved in in the offseason. He's a 6'4 forward. Uh, Again, does a little bit of the dirty work for them. And then Jaden Scott was an honorable mention pick that came over from Heritage Conyers, a good guard that sets them up. I think I'm going with Cedar Grove here. Um, Hebron Christian, the the fact that they lost was a big stunner for them. I think they're more than capable of regrouping and taking a run to the Final Four, if not deeper. But Cedar Grove, uh, I think Manny Green is going to cause some issues for them with the athleticism of him and Rhodes. And if Jaden Scott is able to hit some shots on the perimeter and facilitate, I think Cedar Grove gets it done. But again, this should be one of the best games in the entire state, regardless of classification. But I'm going with Cedar Grove on the road. Next up, Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe, the four seed out of Region 6, 9 and 17 overall. They travel to the Region 7 champs, Gilmer, 18 and 8. They have Jackson McVeigh, the seven-footer inside, who's averaging monster numbers this year, probably close to 25 points and 15 rebounds per game and swatting away shots. Uh, LFO is not going to have anything for him inside. And if Gilmer gets the ball inside and protects the ball on the perimeter, they should win this game. LFO best player Darian Keefe, a 
a second team all reading selection and honorable mentions, uh, Zion Eastman and Jared Mitchell. Um, but everything runs through Jackson McVay and wisely so. He is going to be tough to stop. And then the guards, uh, Ryder Wofford and Keegan Bryant provide uh, some guard play and some length with Wofford on the perimeter that can go inside as well. So I like Gilmer to win. Next up, Jackson, 8-19, and 19, the three-seed out of Region 2. They travel to Johnson Savannah. The Adam Smashers are the two-seed at 16-11. and 11. Johnson with Joshua Quarterman, the region player of the year, and then Fabian Kirkwood, who is getting better and better and better and is going to really take off next year, I feel like. Uh, they should have no issues with Jackson. I know uh, Johnson has sometimes struggled to score. They play that defensive style of play. Uh, sometimes you can see some games being played in the 40s, but I think they're comfortable in doing so. I think they'll be able to stop uh, Kevin Gray, who is a top player for Jackson. Uh, I think Johnson wins this game and advances on to the next round. Next up, Columbus, a sneaky good team, the four seed out of Region 1 who has some size in the paint and some quality guard play. They're 17-11, and 11, the four seed, as I mentioned, from Region 1. They traveled to Cross Creek, Region 4 champs yet again, 18-9 and nine overall, and they surged back into the poll at number 7. Uh, they got beat by Salem twice during the season, um, but were able to find their way to the Region Championship uh, beating Harlem 55-37 and then topping Richmond Academy 59-54. Uh, they have that size inside um, with some tough-nosed players. Cross Creek, it feels like they always have height. That height advantage always looms large this time of year. And they do a really good job of using a spread-out attack, which is uh, very key because uh, you can't just key in on one guy for the Razorbacks. The Razorbacks, they will be led by a multitude of players. Uh, Darren Shine has had a really nice season. Jaden Priester is a big fella inside at about six foot seven. Uh, Kylan Clark has been tough. Braylon Maddox. Uh, it goes on and on. You can check every single box score. It feels like they have three or four or five guys in double figures. Multiple guys that can step up. Frashad Tisby is someone to keep an eye on as well. Um, a lot of good options for Cross Creek. Quavon Henry. Um, it goes on and on and on. I think they're going to be too deep for a Columbus team that does have um, some formidable players. Uh, Oakley Kuntz, I believe that's the baseball pitcher, but he's about six foot nine, six foot eight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he provides uh, an intimidating presence inside just with his length and his ability to uh, block a couple shots around the rim. And then Robert Harford had a very good season. He was a first team all region selection for Columbus. And then Dre Wooten, a second-teamer. But Cross Creek, this time of year, they're tough to beat. And when they have home games, they're even tougher. So I like the Razorbacks. Bottom right-hand side, Region 8, number 3, Monroe area, slips out of the top 10 at 21-7 and after losing to Hart County. They play Douglas, Region 5, number 2, number 2 in the state, 15-10 and overall. Monroe area, they had that great guard play with Vontae Newell. I think he is going to have to have the ball in his hands at all times, especially if uh, Douglas elects to press. Now, if they do elect to press, that could potentially backfire on multiple occasions because you do have Newell as possibly the very best passer in the state of Georgia. He really just makes magic happen when the ball is in his hands, and he's going to have to have guys step up around him. That is, you know, all get out. He's going to have to do that. He's not... He's going to have to keep his head about him because there will be turnovers. There will be some frustrating moments because you are playing one of the best teams in the entire state. 
But Newell cannot get in foul trouble here, and he cannot shoot himself in the foot, which is something that Monroe area can sometimes do to themselves. But Newell, if he is able to get the ball to trip Griffith around the backboard, uh, that is one of the top double-double guys in the state when it comes to Class 3A. He's had a great season, a six foot five forward that is very springy off the ground. He is going to have to really battle with Javante Floyd, a six foot eight. A burgeoning prospect, uh, R.J. Weingarner as well, is really, really tough. A second-team pick that came over from FLA in the offseason. Even Noah Treadwell is a 6'5 guard. That is dynamic for Douglas. Um, but I think Monroe area, they're going to have to hit some outside shots. Newell is going to have to create. Katie Dawson is going to have to be on the receiving end of some three-pointers. Javen Todd at 6'7. He has the most size for um this Monroe area team, you have to turn to him. He's going to have to be able to knock down those corner threes. I think it is imperative to get him a couple clean looks, and he's going to have to help out um, with his length as far as rebounding and altering shots. And then don't be surprised to see Monroe area uh, turn to their big guy inside, Max Thurston, the big football commit. I believe he's going to Navy, if I'm not mistaken, at six foot six. 290 pounds. Uh, he's not going to be able to really get off the ground a lot to compete vertically, but he is a big bulldozer that can keep uh, some of these Douglas athletes off the glass. But I do think Douglas with those the brothers, the, the twin brothers, uh, the McHale brothers are really tough as well when you're talking about guys like Jacob McHale and then also Josh. Uh, they are good backcourt members. If Monroe area can kind of coax them into becoming more of jump shooters, I know Noah Treadwell shoots the ball very well from distance, but if Monroe area can protect the paint and turn Douglas into a jump shooting team, they could make this game interesting. But I do think Douglas at Douglas in Atlanta, which is always a tough and sometimes strange place to play, um, they're just going to have those animals running wild. And if they can make this into a transition game, I think that favors Douglas. I just think Douglas has the horses. And I think Monroe area, um, I'll be curious to see who steps up and hits some shots alongside Vontae Newell. I think Douglas might be able to overwhelm them with their size because Monroe area, they usually have that size advantage, but that kind of goes out the window against Douglas. So I think the Astros have a chance to take a deep run. And I think it starts with knocking off Monroe area in this first round matchup. Next, we have Dawson County, 15-13, and 13, Region 7, 4 seed. They have some nice players that can really shoot the ball. I really liked what I saw from them. Uh, from Trey Harvey, a baseball player that is strong, is probably their tallest player at about six foot three. has to play the forward position but can stretch the floor. They're playing in Dayersville. Region 6 champs, 18-9 overall. You have to give a lot of love to what Coach Alex Disbro has done. They did not have their best player all season long. Trey Winters was hurt from the get-go, um, but they've been able to rebound um, without him. Uh, you've turned to Zach Postel, a senior guard that can shoot the ball very well. He's provided that leadership. And then Tayshawn Jackson has really taken a step forward, a first-team all-region pick. Uh, Zay Knowles as well provides some athleticism on the perimeter. And they got a couple other key pieces that are sneaky good that can hit some shots and rebound. And they have a little bit of size can go about six foot four in multiple spots on the floor. I think Adairsville wins this game. They are at home. Dawson County can sometimes live and die by the three ball if they're scorching hot. Todd Cottrell is a terrific coach. They can beat anybody, but I do think Adairsville, they'll be able to make this game a little bit grimy when they need to, and the home crowd will be behind them as well. So I do like Adairsville to make it to the next round. Next up, Long County versus Upson Lee. Upson Lee is a two seed. They faltered in that region championship against Peach County. 
Um, they lost, and now they get the two seed at 17 and 10 overall, and they will be hosting in the castle Long County, the three seed, 21 and 6 overall. Uh, a team that spent some time in the top 10 throughout the season. Uh, they have a three headed attack in the backcourt. Uh, they love to shoot the outside shot, but they fell in that crazy region three and had to settle for the three seed. These two teams know each other. Long County eliminated uh, Upson Lee last year, 71-68. I believe that was in the Sweet 16. Uh, so these two teams are familiar. Long County, it's going to be tough for them to go back to the castle and secure a victory as a road team, but they do have a nice nucleus of guards. You got guys... Um, that can shoot the ball very well, uh, listing them off. You got Keyshawn Smith was a first-team all-region selection. Uh, you also have Khalil Anderson is a scrappy point guard that uh, helps him go. I think Keyshawn Smith handles a lot of the point guard duties, but Khalil plays a little bit off the ball, can shoot the ball from deep. Uh, you got Roderick uh, Randall was an honorable mention pick this year, but that's a guy that can either feast or famine from beyond the three-point line. And then they have some tough-nosed athletes that play really well. Uh, Chris Hatfield is a big-time football player. And then Zion Thomas, a youngster. I really like his athleticism. I believe he's a freshman. He has a nice, bright future at about six foot three. can mix things up. Um, when you look at ups and lead, they had the region player of the year in Carmelo Williams. He's been tough this year. And then two all-region first-teamers in Ikondre, uh, Ikondre Chaney and then Quinarius Walker. I'm going with Long County here. I would not be surprised at all if Upson Lee wins. Obviously, Coach Lockhart is back in the fold and has got Upson Lee back to where they need to be. Not quite at a state title contender level yet, but they are a good program. They're in a bad region. They usually beat up on those teams. Um, but I think Long County... If three-point shots are falling, they might be able to scratch out a win on the road against Upson Lee, but it will be difficult. And lastly, Salem, Region 4, number 4, 16 and 12. They hold wins over Cross Creek. They beat them twice throughout the season, um, but then they got into the region tournament. They got beat by Richmond Academy, 48-46, and then got upset by Harlem, 44-41. To settle for the three seed, they will play Doherty, who won in double overtime, 70-65 to against Monroe to grab the one seed. Doherty is currently ranked in the state number four. I like Doherty to win this game, but I think it will be nip and tuck for a while. But Bakari Bryant, every single year, Doherty plays their best basketball at the end of the season. And I think Doherty uh, with Jion Burns and uh, the, the Jinx brothers, those boys, they can really flat out play. You got uh, Markel Jones inside, blocks a lot of shots. Uh, can get after you. Just a lot of good pieces that all fit together. They're all back from last year. Um, I'm going with Doherty to make a run and beat Salem. So our final four matchups, I think we would have some really crazy ones. I think that lower left-hand side is the bracket you kind of want to be in. The lower left-hand side and maybe the right-hand side if you are, are able to avoid uh, if you're not, I mean, if you're not a Region 8 or a Region 5 team, you got to play a top 10 caliber team in that first round. But uh, I'm going on the top left-hand side. Sandy Creek is my final four pick. Bottom left-hand side, how about Richmond Academy if they're able to survive Carver-Columbus? Top right-hand side, 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, options here, but maybe Cedar Grove, if they can get past Hebron Christian, and then uh, eventually, likely, they would have to survive Cross Creek. I'm going Cedar Grove, which would be tough, but I'll go with them. And then bottom right-hand side, how about Douglas? If Douglas can get hot at the right time, I think they have the horses to do so. Um, but it will be challenging, especially if they have to go on the road at Doherty. But I'm going with Douglas to see three teams from Region 5, the same as last year in the state Final Four. And I have Sandy Creek knocking off Richmond, and I have Douglas edging Cedar Grove to set up Douglas versus Sandy Creek. I think Douglas matches up a little bit better as far as height goes against Sandy Creek, but I am going with the Patriots to repeat and send James Madison, commit Micah Smith and company off with another state title after so many years of that monkey being on their back, not able to get the job done in the big stage. How about Sandy Creek with that senior veteran leadership going back-to-back and winning the state title against Douglas. Up next, Class 2A, top left-hand side, Butler, who is currently ranked number two in the state. They are 21-6, and six, fell to the three-seed in that uh, difficult CSRA Augusta region, Region 4. They lost, let's see, Butler, they lost to Westside Augusta 50-37 to 37, and then beat Laney 67-42 to get that two-seed. They have a top 10 showdown against Dodge County, 21-4, the two-seed out of Region 1. Dodge is number 8 in the state. Dodge County was upset by Sumter County, 50-48, and now they are stuck having to play a top 10 team, a number 2 ranked team in the state. I think the winner of this game uh, comes out of this side, this quadrant, as a Final Four representative uh, I've seen Dodge County play. I was able to go and watch some play in person. Uh, Dodge County, Jaden McClendon, the region player of the year, is a very athletic guard, uh, very tough, good at floating to the rim and finishing at the basket, can hit a couple pull-up jumpers here and there. Um, Dodge County is going to be a tough place to play at that old-school gym. William Jordan is uh, a good, versatile defender. Uh, you have Duke Johnson brings that football toughness in the paint at about six foot three, six foot four. Uh, but they don't have a ton of size overall. Um, Butler is a team that has seen uh, great success this season. They do it with a multitude of guys. Roosevelt Brown is averaging close to fifteen points per game. You have Kwame Bridges, 14 points per game. Just a very balanced attack. And I like Butler to get past Dodge County because they are that super battle-tested team. They played the likes of Thompson, who they just crushed by uh, 19 points in their last meeting. They actually have wins over West Side. They beat West Side uh, twice. They actually split throughout the season. They played in a non-region tournament. Um, so they're 2-2 two and two against Westside, who's the number one team in the state right now. Uh, so they have that under their belt. So I have Butler beating Dodge County, a team that plays really hard and can get after you defensively. Next up, Windsor Force, 14-12, Region 3, number 4. They play Spencer, 23-3, Region 2 champs. They are ranked in the state number 9. They knocked off Southwest Macon 55-51 in the championship game. Spencer, they're not what Spencer was in the past couple years. They don't have all these six, seven athletes and a slew of, you know, multiple crazy guys that can go out and do what they did when they had Tyson McDaniels and company. 
But they do have Gary Gaith, the region player of the year, a steady, solid guard. They have contributions that come from multiple guys. Demarcus Horn was a second-team all-region pick. Keyshawn Sampton, I believe, actually led the team in scoring this year as an undersized guard. I think he might be around 5'9", 5'10", but he was a first-team all-region selection. So it's a team that does have contributions up and down the lineup, but they're, they're not what they once were as far as scoring 90 points a game and everything like that. So Spencer... Still a formidable team. Uh, they're going to be playing against that Windsor Forest team, that uh, another program that is taking a step back to where they once were. Landon Page was a first-team all-region pick, and Raheem Manning, who transferred in from, I believe, South Carolina, uh, a second-teamer. Uh, but I do like Spencer to win this game and protect home court and make it on to the next round. Next up, Fanning County, 15-12, and 12, a long time coming, Region 7-3 seed. I believe this might be just, what, maybe the second time in school history that they made it to the state playoffs. Uh, I could be mistaken, but I know for a fact it has been a long while, and Coach Richardson has done a nice job of getting Fanning County to a place that they just have not, have not gone into in a long time. So the Rebels are playing very well. They feel very good about their opportunity to compete in the state playoffs, and that is good for them. They definitely deserve it for what they have gone through as far as a team that has not won a ton of games over the years, but they are playing very good basketball right now, playing with some house money. Very exciting to make it to the state tournament. Now, Fannin County, they will be playing South Atlanta 21-8, and Region 6-2 seed South Atlanta. They had a lead against North Cobb Christian in the championship game, I believe, and they saw it kind of slip away, ended up losing that one. South Atlanta, they are led by a variety of guys. Their top player uh, would be Seku Hurst, a guard, first-team all-region selection. Then they have uh, Dwar Dwar. He provides some length at about 6'6". Around the basket can knock down the mid-range jump shot as well. Isaac Benton, a third-team selection. We can talk about Fannin County, their top player. Coach's son, Jordan Richardson, a first-team all-region selection. Ben Blotch, a first-teamer as well. I think South Atlanta, the fact that Fannin is going all the way to Atlanta, that's just going to be a different environment that is much different than what they see up in the North Georgia mountains. I think they will have an opportunity if they're able to knock down some shots, they could hang around. Uh, but I think South Atlanta, with their length and their athleticism, at the end of the day, I think the Hornets find a way past Fannin County. Next up, we have East Jackson, Region 8, 4 seed, 11 and 15 overall. I think even with the under 500 record, East Jackson has had a nice season. They secured a victory over Union County, I believe it was, earlier in the season, which was a real nice win for them. And then to make it to the region tournament, East Jackson defeated Banks County 61-53. And East Jackson, they can put the ball in the basket now. They do have some scores. Uh, Birdie Jackson is a very good scoring guard. Uh, he was a first-team all-region selection for or Bertie Cunningham, pardon me. Bertie Cunningham, a very good player for East Jackson. That was an all-region selection. Can put the ball in the basket uh, for East Jackson. And they are going to be taking on a Callaway team that is Region 5 champs. They're only 14 and 13. They came out of nowhere. Callaway coming into the state playoffs, surging. They had to beat Landmark Christian in the first round as a sixth seed. They beat the third seed, Landmark Christian, 56-47 to punch their ticket to state. Then Callaway upended Elka, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, who was a two seed. They knocked off 
Elka, who was seventh in the state, and then they defeated in overtime number one Columbia, the top seed, who was fifth in the state. They beat them 72-71. So Callaway with Deshaun Coleman, they always have those football athletes. And, you know, with Callaway, they only play uh, a couple games, 14 and 13. Uh, that's a good amount considering that usually you see Callaway only playing uh, just slightly above 20 games, it feels like. Um, but Callaway uh, is red hot right now. Uh, we mentioned Deshaun Coleman as their top go-to guy, but they have a couple other pieces as well that really helps them go. Tyrus Edwards and Trayon Tucker, honorable mention selections. I think they will be able to top East Jackson, a team that will be able to score with them. But I do think Callaway uh, playing as exceptionally well as they have this season. I like them to continue on and make it to the next round. Bottom left-hand side, we have Fitzgerald, 16-11, and 11, the three-seed out of Region 1. Fitzgerald goes on the road to see Thompson, who is ranked number three in the state, 21-3 and three overall, the second-ranked team out of Region 4. Um, Fitzgerald, looking at what they've been able to accomplish this year, Fitzgerald's top players are, let's see, Calvin Tillman, Jason Ferguson. Those two were... First team all-region selections, and then elsewhere they have on the second team Victor Copeland and Daniel Harris. Fitzgerald against Thompson, though. Thompson, uh, of course, they have uh, uh, Daquan Young, who has been just a standout superstar player that I liked in the offseason. I thought he had a chance to really emerge this year, especially with Levanta Ivory uh, transferring over to Westside. Uh, he has been great this year for Thompson. Daquan, a very athletic six foot four swing man that can fill it up uh, with his ability to get to the basket and can shoot a little bit and is a solid rebounder and aggressive defender. And then Jakias Jones, who has been there forever and ever and ever, it feels like. He is a veteran guard, point guard that really makes him go. He has done a good job organizing the offense as usual. And you can always count on a multitude of players to help out for this Thompson team, a very well-balanced team that sees Tremont. The Antignac, he's a, a veteran player. Markavian Jones has gotten into the mix. Storm Hunt has emerged a few games as well. So Thompson, very tough, and I like Thompson to be able to top a Fitzgerald team that is going to be coming into a, a very difficult environment. Next up, Central making 9-18 and 18 overall, the four seed out of Region 2. They play Tombs County, Region 3, number one. Tombs County is 25-2. and two. Tombs County is thumped by Dahlia multiple times, and Tombs County is number four in the state. And I feel like if Tombs County wins this game, they set up a matchup that projects to put that winner into the Final Four. I was able to see Tombs County at Dublin, and they crushed them. Uh, Tombs is very tough. Dominic Eason is a sleeper prospect. I think he's starting to pick up more and more offers now. An electrifying athlete at about 6'4", 6'5". They run backdoor sets. They run lobs for him. He can shoot the corner three. He gets steals. He does everything for Tombs County. He is phenomenal. Uh, exciting player to watch that averages probably around 18 points per game. Uh, but they have some guys that can stroke it. If Jesus Quintero gets hot from deep, he has had a couple um, electrifying games from distance. He shoots the ball extremely well, and he has a really nice cohesion with Eason. He's usually the one that is throwing up lobs um, to Eason for slam dunks. Uh, but they also have uh, Demetrius Cutler as a nice player that plays on that perimeter wing forward type as well. He can get after it. 
Uh, Toombs has Parker Stanley, a six foot six, really good looking young forward that is sturdy, can protect the paint, jumps very well, is a defender. Mike Polk protects the ball exceptionally well at the point guard position. He's not really asked to score a whole lot, but he gets everyone involved. Marion James is about six foot four, another good looking forward. Gavin Fletcher can knock down some outside shots. So Toombs County uh, has a lot of options to turn to. Uh, they are going to be able to beat Central Macon. I feel like Central Macon, that four seed, their best player would be Jarvis Robinson, a second team all-region selection for Central Macon. And they get Kobe Howard and Isaiah Ford-Patterson and Kimario Sherman are honorable mention picks. But I think Toombs County, they're big. They pass the eye test, and they play very good defense. And if outside shots are falling, they're tough to beat. I like Toombs County. Next up, uh, a fun matchup between Walker, 19-8. and eight. They fell to the three seed in Region 6 uh, after they entered that tournament as the one seed, but they were upended by South Atlanta, 55-53, a team they struggled with this year, and then they regrouped and beat Drew Charter, 49-44. Now they see Rockmart Region 7 runner-up, 20-7 and seven overall. Uh, mind you, Walker is a team that has spent time in the top 10. Rockmart has not, but Rockmart can flat out fill it up. Traylon Davis, the player of the year in that Region 7, a dynamic scorer who will pull from all over the floor, about a 6'3 guard, uh, really tough-nosed kid, athletic as well. And then Sam Johnson, who transferred in from Apolden County. Those two guys, they combine for 40 points per game routinely. If they are hot, Rockmart can beat a lot of teams because their three-point shot can fall. If they are cold, they can struggle. They don't have a ton of size inside. They do have um, some athleticism and some multi-sport guys that kind of help out as far as rebounding and battling in the paint goes. They have an all-region honorable mention selection in Hunter Atkins, who does a nice job uh, providing some impact in the perimeter as a rebounder. But they are playing a Walker team who has the Region 6 Player of the Year in Mustafa Diop, about six foot eleven, um, a guy that can score in the paint, can shoot a little bit from the perimeter. He also has some help in Noah Peterson, who is assigned to play in college at the next level. Uh, he's a tough-nosed kid that can score the ball. Walker has some other helpers, and Anderson Carey, who has had some big games, a third-team all-region pick. I think the fact alone that Rockmart, their weakness is size, and then you're going up a team, going up against a team that has a 6'10", 6'11", forward in the paint that is versatile as well. Uh, I like Mustafa Diop and company. I think Walker can win this game, and I believe they will advance on to the next round. Next up, we have Towers, 15-13. and 13. They have pulled up some upsets. I believe they uh, might have knocked off uh, Elka earlier in the season, so they're a live dog as a four-seed, 15-13 overall from Region 5. They play Athens Academy, 21-5, and five, Region 8 champs. They are ranked number 10 in the state. Kamel Williams um, does a good job of making this team go for uh, Athens Academy. Uh, he's a good point guard that has drawn some interest from Division II schools. I think he's the one that gets them steady and is an athlete that can get down to, get downhill. But if you're looking for the top score to stop, I think that's Justin Goodlock. I believe he's averaging probably over 15 points per game. Got that old man game. He's smooth. He shoots the three really well. He gets to his spots, and he can be a little bit crafty when he works his way to the basket. Can even go into the post and hit some turnaround jumpers. Those two guys are very good, and Athens Academy has uh, a, a group of other good players. Isaac Rory is a very good player. Um, 
glue guy that plays on the perimeter can help out in a variety of ways. I trust him a lot. He's a nice player. Um, you look at Westbrook Adams. I think he, it might have been him that hit that that game winner in the uh, region championship, got to the basket. He's tough as well. I, I like this team a lot to like about Athens Academy. I think if they're able to handle Towers' athleticism, uh, I think they win this game. And the fact that it's at Athens Academy and they do have a terrific athlete in their own right in Kamel Williams getting to the basket downhill as a playmaker, I like Athens Academy to make it to the next round. Top right-hand side, another Region 5, Region 8 matchup. Union County slipped to the two-seed, losing uh, at the pretty much almost a buzzer. They had a three-point shot. Looked like they possibly could have been a foul call, but they did not get the whistle. 21-6, and six, a two-seed out of Region 8. They will be hosting Eagles Landing Christian Academy, 22-6, and six, a three-seed out of Region 5. They were the first victim that fell against a team in uh, Callaway that just got hot at the right time. And I know both of these teams, Union County, they played in the Sandy Spiel Fall League, and then they came to the Sandy Spiel Tip-Off Classic, a game where they were up by about 14 points heading into the fourth quarter, but then they they lost they, to uh, a Putnam County team that got hot with Landon Bonner, scored over 30 points. They turned to the press, and they were able to wilt Union County. And then Elka, a team I had at the Monroe area event, the Sandy Spiel Shootout, uh, they went down to the final buzzer and fell to Monroe area. Um, what is Union County's weakness? Athleticism and then size in the paint. They can get exploited on the offensive glass uh, against bigger teams. What does Elka have? They have a lot of athleticism. They will press you, and they have a six foot eight post player in the paint that takes up a lot of space and will be tough to keep off the glass. And that is, of course, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. S. A. Egbake, a six foot eight post that came over from Green Force. So you have him. You add on uh, Kekari Mercer, who is six foot five, long and athletic. Uh, you also have uh, another piece. Gavin Lamar is about six foot five, long and athletic. Uh, Joseph Reigns is a reliable playmaker and point guard. Cam Warford is a high energy guard, and then Jaden Bone, who did not play against Monroe area in that loss, is one of their top scores. They have pretty much everything that is a big bugaboo for Union County: size, athleticism, and pressure in the full court press union county has terrific guards houston henry makes a lot of great decisions great playmaker can really score the ball from distance super crafty um he's great and he has seen a lot of good competition throughout the season as had jude ellis another all-region guard really tough more so of a driver but can fill up fill it up from distance as well does a good job um and then their three-point specialist uh hayden uh, Hayden, let me make sure I get his name right. Hayden Hughes, a baseball player. He is a very good three-point shooter. Uh, set the school record last year for most threes made in a single season. And he is uh, atop the one-three-one zone when they uh, try to implement that as well. And then the addition of Maddox Young coming back, who transferred out and then has returned back, gives them another guard. Then Kate Dockery's an athlete, and they have. A couple guys that play hard in the paint, but they are undersized. I think this game is going to come down to can Union County control the glass? Can they control the tempo? I know Union County likes to score a lot. They're going to have to have a lot of threes falling. But I do feel like it is a tough matchup. And if Elka is able to get off the bus in Blairsville and have their heads screwed on tight, uh, this is a game that is there for the taking. 
uh, just because they have that athletic advantage and they do have a slew of guards that play super hard and can score the ball. Uh, but Union County, that's why they played in the Sandy Spill tip-off Classic to play a team like Putnam County uh, that can get after you. That's why they played in the Sandy Spill Fall League to play teams like Osborne when Osborne had their guys and other really aggressive athletic teams that can turn you over. And um, that's why they did that. So we'll see if it comes to fruition, if it benefits them. But I do think Elka is a team to win this game just because they have so many options to turn to, and it's going to be hard for Union County to compete with that size and athleticism. Next up, Drew Charter, Region 6, number 4, 12 and 14 overall. They traveled to model the Region 7 champs. They were down early by 10 points to Rockmart, and then they just imposed their will inside uh, 20 and 7 overall. Model, again, they don't really see a whole lot of competition outside of the region, but they always dominate in the region, and rightfully so with the big fella inside. Uh, Tennessee commit for football, Jeremiah Hurd, is back, and he will be playing in this game as he has all season long. He's a big issue, and then Chase Allen has really emerged, a six foot five forward that can play on the wing but does a lot of good work in the post as well. He's it developed into a double-double guy. Uh, those two guys are going to give Drew Charter a lot of fits, and if they can protect the ball and hit some shots between Stevie Dallas and Noah Travis, uh, Model has a recipe for success, and I think Model will beat a Drew Charter team that will be led by Jaden Haynes, a talented guard that was a first-team all-region pick, and then Kenyatta Bennett, another tough-nosed, athletic, scrappy uh, guard that gets after you a second-team selection. But I do think Model at home, they're very tough to beat this time of year. Next up, Rutland, 17-11, and 11, three seed out of Region 2, who had a great season this year, all things considered. They take on Vidalia, the Region 3, number 2 team, 19-7 and seven overall. Starting with Rutland, Rutland's top performers this season have been Caden uh, Knight, a first-team all-region pick, and you have Elijah Brooks, a second-teamer. When you look at what has Vidalia been turning to, um, that's a very well-coached team by Coach Daly every single year. They're in the mix um, Corey Mincy, first-team all-region selection, really athletic guard that does a little bit of everything. He's a tough-nosed kid. And then Jack Carey, Washington, a good player as well, a first-team pick. They haven't been able to solve Toombs County throughout the season, but I do think they will be able to beat Rutland, and I do like Vidalia to make it on to the next round. Next up, Cook County, the four-seed out of Region 1, 12 and 16. They play the number one team in Class 2A, West Side Augusta, the two-time defending state champs, 23-4, Region 4 champs. They look different from last year's team. They do have DeMarco Middleton back and a couple of younger guys that have stepped into much bigger roles this season. Um, Middleton's averaging 15 points per game. And Levante Ivory, who came over from uh, Thompson after trying to transfer to Augusta Christian, he's averaging 11 points per game. Uh, Jarius Atkinson, one of these guys that has really emerged uh, getting into his upperclassman years. I believe he's still a, a young pup. Atkinson, he is now a junior, yes, uh, under upperclassman now. And then Dontrell Jackson, who made some big plays late in the playoffs last year in the state championship game. And Javen Webb, big-time athlete. It goes on and on and on. Westside has a lot of guys that are going to roll past Cook County. I feel like Cook County just not going to have the horses to compete at that frantic pace that Westside can play at. But Cook does have Marcus Slayton and Keyshawn McKeever, first-team all-region picks. Bottom right-hand side, Providence Christian, the eighth 
the the region eight third seed 18 and 10 overall they play columbia who fell to the two seed upset by callaway columbia is ranked in the state number five 24 and three uh, they are going to have to play very well because samuel thacker can get hot and bury threes at a high clip uh, providence christian remained competitive this year they had some transfers that moved in to support thacker the region eight player of the year they got some big contributions jalen seymour and then uh, they had some other uh, big bodies that have helped out throughout the year. Let me make sure I get their names correct. Um, let's see here. Inside, they have a big body that uh, is Bryce Proctor, an honorable mention selection. He's done a nice job controlling the paint. I was able to watch some of their game on NFHS in the region tournament. And then, of course, uh, Caleb Lee is a multi-sport, three-sport guy who is going to Air Force for baseball. He's a guy that can knock down some outside shots. But it's all going to start and stop with Samuel Thacker. And then Columbia, you look at a Columbia team, which was an antithesis of what Providence was last year. I watched Columbia lose in the Final Four to Westside. They made one jump shot the entire game, but they have some new pieces in place. They still have Traven Callaway, a very good guard. I like him a lot. He pushes the tempo, plays with great pace. Um, you have Jamarcus Hatcher is a physical specimen that plays really hard around the basket. Quay Wallace came over from Decatur, a six-foot four wing player that can score in the high post and beyond and then Tamar Mann is a dynamic another six foot five type wing that gets after you I think Columbia can win this game that's my pick um, because Providence Christian doesn't necessarily spread the ball out quite as well as they did last year which was a remarkable team when they hit 17 threes in the state championship game um, but they will have a chance with Thacker if he gets hot but I do think Columbia will find a way to get past Providence Christian but I do think it could be a competitive game for a good portion. Next up North Murray 19 and 7 the 4 seed out of Region 7 another team that plays super fast and shoots a lot of threes they will play the Region 6 number 1 seed North Cobb Christian who surged past South Atlanta to win the title. 19-6 overall as I mentioned they got some young pups North Cobb Christian is ranked number 6 in the state. Um, what they turn to Brock Bass Bonner, six, 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 seven freshman, a great athlete can play inside, can play outside. He does everything well. He is a, a burgeoning high major prospect. If he continues on the trajectory, he is currently on Gabe Bolden, the veteran lead leader in the senior, uh, and that backcourt, uh, a very big time score. I think he hit how many threes? I think he might've poured in 40, 40 points, 42 points, hit a bunch of threes, a very prolific score when he is hot. And they have some other guys, Grant Robich, a freshman, that can really turn you over and make plays as a point guard. Um, this is a good, solid team. North Cobb Christian, uh, consistency is always key for them. I think they will be consistent enough to beat North Murray, and they will lean on that outside shooting and then Brock Bass Bonner, a uh, dynamic presence that can do it inside and outside. Next up, we have Brantley County, the Region 3, three seed at 16 and 11. They go to Region 2, number 2, Southwest Macon, 17 and 8 overall. Brantley County, their top players are led by uh, Patrick O'Quinn, a first team all region pick. Uh, and then he will get help from Tucker O'Quinn, a second-team all-region pick. So those two guys will be heading to Southwest Macon. Southwest Macon, of course, uh, they have the co-defensive player of the year in Kyle Jefferson. They have Chase Dupree, uh, offensive player of the year. This is a young team. 
Um, but they have a lot of talent, multiple guys with Division One offers. Chase Dupree is one of them. Yet Brandon Ashley transferred over from Central Macon. He's a good guard that can score the ball. He has some looks to play at the next level. Um, Tobias Rice moved back to the Macon area, six foot eight, an intimidating presence that has a ton of talent. If he can piece it all together at some point, he is a very intimidating post presence that can also go outside and shoot from the perimeter. And C.J. Howard, a good guard, and Daniel Bennett, an honorable mention pick. With all those names being mentioned, I am going with Southwest Macon. And lastly, we finish with the four seed Laney out of Region 4, 13 and 15. They play Sumter County, Region 1, number 1. They upset Dodge County in the Region Championship. They're just 12 and 16. It sounds like they have some key pieces back healthy, which will help out a ton. During the postseason, you already saw it benefit them in the Region Championship. Anthony Tyson and Austin Davis are all region first-team selections. Then Braylon Terry and Javen Lewis, second-teamers. I think they will beat Laney, even though Laney has shown that they can punch above their weight class, uh, was able to hang in there with some of these top teams in that Savannah or Augusta region. Uh, talking about what Laney has been able to do, I'll pull it up. They were 6-8 and eight in their region um, but they did play a, a tough non-region schedule. They played Jones County, of course. They have a connection there. Um, they beat Hepsiva. Uh, they lost at Thompson by just seven points. They got blown out by Westside. They got beat pretty badly by Thompson again. Uh, Westside beat them again pretty good. But then their second meeting against Thompson in the region tournament, they lost just 63-57, so they did play them tight. But with all that being said, I think Laney loses to Sumter County, a team that will have home court advantage and will make it to the next round. So for my final four picks, I think the Savannah, not Savannah, I keep getting crossed up, the Augusta region uh, is very tough to choose against Region 4. I got Butler making it to the Final Four. I got Thompson making it to the Final Four. I have Westside making it to the Final Four. And then I have Columbia making it back to the Final Four. And I have Westside beating Columbia again. And then Butler getting past Thompson to set up a Westside versus Butler championship where I think Westside finds a way to three-peat. Now in Class A Division One. The weakest classification in Georgia on paper, only 14 out of the 32 teams that made the state playoffs have a winning record. That is, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, Um, but we have a lot to talk about, so we will jump right into it. Top left-hand side, Lamar County, Region 4, number 3, they're 7-19. They play 10-11. Pelham, Region 1, number 2. Pelham is my pick here. Pelham has a player of the year in the region, Andre Calhoun. They have Jeremiah Reddick, a first-team all-region pick, along with Kevin Taylor. I think those trio, that trio of players right there, I think that will be enough to beat a herd or Lamar County team. Uh, coming out of Region 4, a super tiny region that has just four teams. So they show up, and they are in the state playoffs, and I think Pelham will beat them. Next up, we have Screven County, 6-19, and 19, Region 3, number 4, versus Swainsboro, 10-13 and 13 region champ out of Region 2. Swainsboro, of course, made that Cinderella run to the Final Four last year, and they're going to try and do it again this year in a top left-hand side of the bracket, which, I mean, gosh, we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's only eight teams, of course, in that top left-hand side of the bracket, and two of them have a winning record. Two teams have a winning record in the left 
top hand side of this bracket. Um, but back to it, Swainsboro, they upset East Lawrence in the region championship 49-47 after entering the tournament as the three seed. LJ Morgan was impressive last year when I saw him in the final four. I think he is one of their top players, and they have a couple other players back as well um, from last year's run to the final four. Um, but Morgan is the player I am keeping my eye on the most, and I like Swainsboro to defeat Scriven County. Next up, 7-20, Chattooga, Region 7-3 seed. No Jared Gross on the sidelines, and that program has taken a tumble quickly. Um, but they will play Paideia 13-12, Region 6, number 2. They're only 13-12, but Paideia is ranked number 2 in the state. Why? Because they have beaten Mount Vernon once before, and they did lose to them again in this region championship game. It was a close game, though, uh, until the second half hit. 66-48, Mount Vernon pulled away. Paideia, there is such a high variance with Paideia. They can beat anybody in the state in Class A Division One, but they could also lose to anybody in the state in this division. We saw it last year. Uh, Paideia did not make it to the state playoffs, but they beat the top three teams in the state last year. Uh, but they couldn't make it to the postseason. Well, this young team, a lot of sophomores, pretty much all sophomores, as far as their top scorers go, is now in the big dance. Talking about what they've done this year at 13-12, and 12, I've always had them in the top 10, even when they were suffering losses. They lost by three to Decatur. They got crushed by a powerhouse Wilson Academy team. They lost by, uh, what's that, six points to Clark Central, who ended up winning the region championship in Region 8 in Class 5A. They beat Cedar Shoals in overtime. They lost to a good Maynard Jackson team by 18. They beat South Gwinnett by two. Uh, it goes on and on and on. I can read you every single result throughout the season. They play good teams nonstop. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they lose. That's why they're 13-12 and 12 overall. But I think Paideo will win this game. They have that talented sophomore trio, as I mentioned, Frank Jackson, about 6'3", 6'4", playing around the basket, but more so is a, uh, a wing guard type player. David Oglesby Smith, same type player, athletic, long arm, plays a little bit out of position, but does what is needed and asked of him. And then C.J. Harper, a big time prospect, and Sharif Cooper is alone, one of the lone seniors that is a very big key piece for them in the backcourt. So Paideia over Chatuga, I believe, quite easily. Next up, Region Eight, Number Four, Tallulah Falls, seven and twenty-one. They played Jasper County, Region 5 champs. Jasper County upset Oglethorpe County in that region championship. The score was 51-41. Jasper County, also known as Monticello, had a very nice season with those 18 wins. They went out. They played some tough teams on the non-region schedule. Always appreciate that. Um, but they're led by Randy Williams and Darion Penniman, two first-team all-region selections. Uh, Camarion Thomas was a second-team pick, and I like Jasper County to beat Tallulah Falls. Tallulah Falls will be led by Zakir Valisuk, um, and they have a couple players that graduated last year. They're key pieces, and one of them transferred out. Um, so I like Jasper County to use that athleticism, something that can really punch them in the mouth and get the win. So I do like Monticello, Jasper County, to make it to the next round. Bottom left hand side, Brooks County, Region One, number three. They are seven and nineteen. They will play Heard County, ten and sixteen. Region Four, two seed, Heard County. Um, let's see what Heard County did in the region tournament. 
Uh, again, it's a four-team region. They were the two-seed heading into it. They crushed Crawford County, and then they fell by two points against Temple on a late shot. Brooks County, they are led by the Defensive Player of the Year in Region 1, Kamari Brinson. Also in the fold for Brooks County is Fakari Chapman. And it looks like he is their second in command. And then Anton Graham is another key piece for Brooks County. But with all that being said, I think Heard County uh, will win this game. Heard County, if I could pull up who they are led by. Their top player is actually a player I am a little bit familiar with, but Cameron Ogletree averages 10 points per game. He'll be coming to the Sandy Spill Spring Showcase camp. And then we have LJ Green leads them in scoring as well at 13 points per game. So keep an eye on them. I like Heard County to make it to the next round. Next up, Dublin, 12 and 15, Region 2, number 4. I got to actually see Dublin play in person this year. They will be taking on Savannah, 19 and 8, Region 3 champs. Um, talking about a Savannah team that made it and won the region championship. They got past Woodville Tompkins after splitting in the regular season. They beat Woodville Tompkins 59-55. This Savannah team has one of the best cores in the classification. Makai Joyner has some Division I offers. He's averaging close to 17 points per game as a 6'3", 6'4", guard. He's dynamic. You have Jermaine Edwards is a very veteran player, averaging close to 11 points per game. Jermonte Brown, 10 points per game. Then you had the big shot blocker inside at 6'8", Deshaun Davis, who blocks away about five or six shots per game. Is a great rim protector. All the pieces are there for Savannah to advance. Talking about what Dublin is able to do. They're a small team. They're a scrappy team. Tristan Bell and Javion Harris are two of their better players. Isaiah Filia has a lot of experience under his belt. But I think um, you're going to see a team that's just way too big for them in Savannah. And I think Savannah is just going to have way too much talent as well. Next up, probably the best game of the first round, or at least one of them. St. Francis, they're 14-12, Region 6, number 3. St. Francis is ranked number 6 in the state. They play Darlington, who is 22-5, Region 7 runner-up. Darlington is ranked number 5 in the state. So 5 versus 6. Darlington uh, had an 8-point lead in the fourth quarter and shot themselves in the foot, fouling a 3-point shooter, then getting a technical foul, and then Tryon started hitting some tough shots. And Tryon, after losing twice to Darlington was able to knock off the Tigers 65-60. This will be an interesting game for Darlington. I think the X factor, not only in this game, but the entire state playoffs is Grant Hutton. What are you going to get? He is the X factor. When he is very good, Darlington is very, very difficult to beat. But when he has off nights, they can sometimes struggle. Demarion Floyd has been their go-to guy the past two years. He was a region player of the year, I believe, once again. I think he might have won that last year as well. But his athleticism, he likes to take those high-arcing jump shots, spinning into pull-up jumpers from the mid-range. Uh, and he's got a lot of players to pass to. When the ball's really popping and moving, Jack Bell's hitting threes, and McKay Rush is doing the same, Brent Bell. Uh, a lot of options to turn to. But Grant Hutton is the one piece. At, when I did these state rankings at the beginning of the season, if he is there, he is the one uh, – Piece that Coach West can turn to that can match up with anybody across the state at six foot six with a forty plus inch vertical and has an opportunity to play at a high level in college. Uh, he can do a lot of damage around the rim, 
shooting from the perimeter as well. The lefty's very, very good. Um, just that consistency and bringing that toughness. But I think he's going to be ready to perform, and he is going to be relied upon heavily against St. Francis, a team that doesn't have a ton of size, but they have great guard play. Reynolds Escher is terrific. He's so good at getting downhill. Uh, Javon Holt can really shoot the ball from distance as well. I was able to see them play. Um against Mount Vernon in this region uh, semifinals, and they, they fell in overtime 68-64. But Javon Holt shoots a three really well. Greg Howard, he plants his foot and gets to the basket. And then Tristan McDonald is a sophomore that has a very bright future that can score and do um, some damage from all areas of the floor. So that being said, I think Darlington, their key to success, keeps St. Francis out of the lane and turn them into more of a three-point shooting team, but Darlington's going to have to be able to uh, really keep them out of the lane. St. Francis is good at getting downhill, and they do have a couple shooters as well. This should be a very fun match if the game is at Darlington. Um, you know, we, we shall see. I mean, I saw Darlington beat Christian Heritage at Darlington, and St. Francis lost by about 20 points to Christian Heritage, but you can throw all that stuff out of the window this time of year. But I am going with the Tigers. I've believed in them all season long. Even with that hiccup against Tryon in the region championship game, it may be good to get them to regroup and refocus, but it will be tough to beat St. Francis, a really good team, but I'm going with the Tigers. Next up, Region 5, number 4, Social Circle, 8 and 18. They will play Athens Christian Region 8 champs at 17 and 9, knocking off Raven County in that title game. Athens Christian, much like on the girls' side, is starting to get an influx of international players that are transferring in, but it still is Hampton Ford's team. Even with Thrasher Wilkins transferring out to North Oconee, you got Jaden Baskin that left the program, went to Winder Barrow. Um, doesn't matter. They, they get new leadership in, and now they're winning games left and right, and Hampton Ford is the region player of the year, and he's getting some help from Christian Hubbard and then Harper Ford, also another region player, uh, all-region player. And I think they will beat Social Circle because Athens Christian, they do have some size, and they do have that good guard play in Social Circle. Um, just uh, very good for them to make it to the state tournament this year, but I do not foresee them being much of a threat, and especially coming out of a fourth-team region, uh, they were locked in from the get-go. Top right-hand side, we have Prince Avenue, 7-19, and 19, the three-seed out of Region 5. They play at Rabin County, Region 8, number 2, 13-14. and 14. Rabin County, before losing in the region championship game to Athens Christian, was red hot. Uh, scoring at a very efficient clip. They like to shoot a lot of threes. They like to play fast. Huey Blaylock, one of the best players in that area. Only about five foot eight, very skinny little young man, but a very dynamic score with deep three point range. Very flashy playmaker, uh, really makes his Raven County team go. They have a thousand point score on the perimeter in Cooper Welch, um, who can knock down shots. And Reed Burrow is a young freshman who is also a good shooter. So it's a reoccurring theme for Raven County. They are in the gym on the gun quite often, getting shots up, and it reflects when they play these teams because they can score a lot of points. It's just all about protecting the ball, rebounding, and uh, making sure they get some stops on defense. But they're playing Prince Avenue. Prince Avenue's best player is Harrison Jeffs, a first-team all-region pick. They'll have to be able to keep him in check and check on Will Martin as well. But I do like Rabin County to win this game at home. Next up, Mount Pisgah, 11-17. Region 6, number 4. 
They play Tryon, the Region 7 champs, 23-4. and Tryon cracks into the pole at number 9 for the first time this season. Mount Pisgah coming out of Region 6, a region that had two teams ranked in the top 10 not make the state playoffs. Mount Bethel got eliminated, did not make the state playoffs. They were ranked number 5 in the state. And then Kings Ridge, defending state champs, were ranked number 10, and they got bounced. And the way that Mount Pisgah got here into the state tournament was they beat Mount Bethel 68-63 and... Mount Pisgah, they don't have a sparkling record. Their best player, O'Neal Connolly, who's going to Montevallo, uh, hurt his shoulder and has been out for the season. But Coach Jay Sloan has done a very good job keeping this team together. They've lost a lot of close games. they played a lot of really good teams in the non-region schedule. And even um, early on in the season, they had a losing record. But I kept Mount Pisgah in the top ten for, uh, I don't know, maybe five, six weeks uh, before other teams started to arise. But I know this is a good team. They play a lot of teams close. Just looking at what happened in the region tournament, uh, they lost to Paideia 72-61 after it was a one-point game after three quarters. And then in the region uh, consolation game against St. Francis, they lost 70-67 in overtime. So Mount Pisgah is always right there knocking on the door. Um, this is a team that has a lot of good guard play that can fill it up, and they're aggressive, and they play very hard. They like to swing the ball uh, around the perimeter and find mismatches. Their top scorers have been Tyson Pittman. He has really emerged as a leading scorer, a top go-to guy for them. Uh, he's got that veteran leadership in his back pocket. Tommy Smith is a good swing man. Isaac Beeler. Uh, Beeler has played well. He transferred over in the offseason. He provides some calmness with the ball, can knock down threes, plays bigger than his size, grabs some rebounds. He's going to Southeastern University, uh, but he has provided some uh, scoring punch. And then Jackson Williams, Number 11 for this team. I like his athleticism uh, at the wing position. He crashes in for rebounds. He plays really hard. He can defend multiple positions. And Bramir Long, uh, he came from up north. Uh, he provides a really scrappy on-ball presence that can get after you defensively and makes good decisions with the ball. Now looking at Tryon. Tryon has a region coach of the year in John Cornette, and he has some coaches' sons on the team um, led by Trent. Uh, let's see, uh, Josh Cornette. And also Austin Cornett, those two. It's a first-teamer and a second-teamer right there. And uh, you're looking at trying. They also get some support from uh, Grayson Patty and Jace Mason. They got a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. Caden Hinton's a good quality athlete, I think, Tryon. Um, they did not schedule super hard in the non-region like Darlington did. So they have not seen many teams with a lot of athleticism. Not to say Mount Pisgah is necessarily jumping out of the gym, per se, Um but I do think this is a lot different style of basketball that Tryon isn't particularly used to up in the northwest Georgia area. I think Tryon has a very good chance to win this game, and I think they're going to enter this game as a favorite because they do shoot the ball well. They play scrappy defense. They do a lot of things right. But I'm going with Mount Pisgah. Mount Pisgah has played the best teams in the state in this classification and has hung around or beat them multiple times. So going to Tryon, it'll be a very difficult environment, but I do think Mount Pisgah Maybe they can start stringing together a couple wins. Next up, we have Blickley County, 19-8. and eight. The three seed out of Region 2, they will take on Woodville Tompkins. Region 3, number 2, 22-4 overall. Woodville is number 4 in the state. Woodville Tompkins has had a very good season. Coach Pretty has taken over. Travis Pretty taking over for Coach Lenny Williams, who went to where? County Joey Bell, a senior, has been big this year. Junior Jonathan Pickering has really elevated his game, and then Bam Williams rounds out a very strong attack. Looking 
at Bleckley County, the Royals. They got off to a really hot start this season, um, but then they ran into some buzz saws and they kind of settled back into the pack, but still a good year. They got beat by Swainsboro 66-58 to push them into the consolation game, and in the consolation game, they beat Dublin 49-47. Um, I'm believing that this will be a game that Woodville Tompkins, I, I feel like they will win this game, but I do uh, foresee this being a pretty competitive, close game. Bucky County is well coached, and they do play teams very hard, and they're coming from a region that is loaded with football players and athletes. Um, so they're equipped with that, not to say that that it doesn't matter, but and Woodville Tompkins doesn't even have a football team, but they are used to playing a rough and tough style of basketball, and they should be able to bring that to Savannah, but I do think Woodville Tompkins does find a way over Bluckley. Next up, Bacon County, 7-13, and 13, the four seed out of Region 1. They travel to Temple, Region 4, champs 57-55. They won that championship game over Heard County. Darren Drayden with a big basket to win it for Temple. Um, Temple plays hard. They press the entire game when they need to, and which is usually often because they're on the smaller side. Alexander Banks is about 6'2", 6'3", forward wing type player. Does a good job in the paint. Plays a little bit bigger than the size. Uh, Tavario Williams, he was outstanding at the Sandy Spill Northwest Georgia Invitational against Calvary Day. He had 22 points and six steals, hit a bunch of threes. Um, so this is a, a very good Temple team um, that uh, definitely challenged themselves in the non-region schedule. They've taken their lumps, and it's to no surprise to see them winning that region. And I think they will be able to beat Bacon County, Bacon County, Keep an eye on their top player, the co-offensive player of the year in the region, Xavier Harris. And Santiago Bazell is a first-teamer, but I am going with Temple here. Bottom right-hand side, Elbert County, 8-19, and 19, region 8, number 3. They will be playing Oglethorpe County, who was upset in the Region 5 championship. They are the two-seed in 19-7 overall. Currently ranked number 10 in the state. Oglethorpe, got to see them at the Sandy Spiel shootout. Uh, they beat George Walton Academy. This is a program that has really come up on the past two years, and they've been uh, riding Javon Pitter, the co-region player of the year, along with Jalen Lumpkin. Pitter's a uh, six-foot-five wing, can score in a multitude of ways. He's a really nice player, and I think he's going to be a big mismatch for Elbert County, who doesn't have a ton of size. Elbert County has gotten a lot of big contributions from Grady Jones, Coach Jones's son on the girls' side. He is an all-region performer. And then Landon Hill, also an all-region performer. But I do feel like Oglethorpe County, um, they, they, they play really hard. They bring that football toughness off the field from Jake Turner. He's an honorable mention player. He rebounds well. He's maybe about 6'1 or 6'2, but it feels like he plays bigger than that just because he sticks his nose into every play. And you got Ty Burgess, another good guard. So I'm feeling like it will be Oglethorpe County to win this game, especially in a tough place to play over there in Lexington. Next up, Coosa, Region 7, number 4. They're 10 and 19. Their coach quit in the middle of the season. Now they see Mount Vernon, number 1 in the state, number 1 all season long at 18 and 9. Region champs out of Region 6. Mount Vernon, I have them winning this game. They're too big. Dennis Scott shoots the threes. Zay Chagog um, has a high motor inside. KJ Garris just list all the players, and those are all the reasons why they will beat Kusa. But Kusa, their best player is Jalen Warford. 
Keep an eye on him and Timbaland Mitchell, a second-team all-region pick. But it will be Mount Vernon. Next up, Bryan County Region 3, number 3. They're 17-10 and 10 overall. They are playing East Lawrence Region 2, number 2, 20-4. East Lawrence lost in the region championship to Swainsboro, but they do have a star player in Rashawn Washington. I was able to check out the Falcons at Dodge County earlier this year. Washington averaging over 19 points per game. Stuffs the stat sheet. Um, he's at his best when he's attacking the basket using that length and athleticism to get downhill. He has a couple other players um, that help out. Tylen Sneed is a lead guard. Uh, Therese Sneed as well. They got a lot of physical football players. Like I mentioned, a lot of those are found in that region. Uh, and I think they are playing Bryan County, who we said is in Region 3. Bryan County uh, lost to Savannah 61-55 in the semis and then beat Screven County 64-46 to lock up that third seed. Elijah Mincy, very good guard, smaller guard, but can really flat-out score the ball. That will be a key for East Lawrence to stop. I think this should be a really good game, but I'm going to go with East Lawrence at home. And lastly, Crawford County, Region 4, number 4, 6 and 16. They play Irwin County with a sterling record of 8 and 19, the Region 1 champs. They are led by Irwin County, led by co-offensive player of the year, Jalen Martin uh, is their top scorer. And you got Zay Payne, a first-team all-region pick, and Javion Woodard, a first-team all-region pick. Crawford County, I think this is a game that they will have a chance in. But, again, once you get to Irwin County area, that is a, a football hotbed. So expect there to be great athletes, and I expect Irwin County to protect home court. So now on for my final four. I got my final four being Paideia on the top left-hand side. Then we have Savannah, Woodville Tompkins, and Mount Vernon. So two teams from the Savannah region in region three and then two teams from that private school region in region six and i have mount vernon beating woodville paideia losing to savannah and mount vernon defeating savannah lastly we will finish up in class a division two top left hand side wheeler county 16 and 7 the three seed out of region four they are taking on calhoun county region one runner up after losing to mitchell county 62 57 Game will still be played in Edison, and that is a tough place to play at. Josiah Suber is a, a very talented scorer with his left hand, and then uh, Zach Candidate can jump out of the gym. Amazon Figgins at 6'8". All the pieces for success are there for Calhoun County. I like them to beat Wheeler County. Next up, 8-20 Montgomery County, Region 3, number 4, versus Lanier County, Region 2, number 1, 22-5. Uh, Lanier County... Ranked number seven in the state, Chris Wade has turned the program back around, and they are playing exceptionally well this year. Uh, they just secured a region title by beating Clinch County 56-43, and I think they should have no issues with Montgomery County at all. I like Lanier to advance to the next round. Next up, Mount Zion Carrollton, Region 7, three seed. They will be playing... Manchester, Region 6, number 2. Uh, Mount Zion is 17-12. Manchester, 16-8. and eight. Uh, Manchester at home. They always have those tough nose, big, strong football players. you got Darius Bryant, a very good athletic guard. Um, you look at what Mount Zion has done. The, the transfer over 
um, from Carrollton to Mount Zion, Peyton Waters and his brother uh, Austin Waters, those two guys coming over have given them a huge lift and a major shot in the arm. Uh, and then you already have Corbin Palmer in place. But I think I'm going with Manchester. Manchester is always a very tough team to beat this time of year. And I do think they will be able to give them some problems. Next up, Towns County, 18-7. and seven. They fell to the four seed in Region 8. They were beaten by, let's see, they lost to Greene County, 62-52. And then they lost to Lincoln County. And that is a tough pill to swallow for Towns County considering they entered the tournament as the number one seed. Um, but that did not go according to plan with how everything went and shook out. So now um, they will be playing Twiggs County, the number one seed in the Region 5 tournament. They're just 15 and 14, but they have played some good teams like Toombs County, etc., uh, etc. Et They've taken some lumps. Uh, to Kirion Williams, averaging over 12 points per game, is one of their top players, along with Kamari Butler, who's in double figures, and Daniel Pitts as well. I like that trio to beat Towns County, who is not playing super great basketball right now. I think it's a winnable game for Towns, but I'm going with Twigs. Bottom up hand side, Early County, 19 and 10, Region 1, number 3. They play Wilcox County, the two seed out of Region 4. They are just 13 and 15. Early County is my pick in this matchup. Um, I just feel like Early County, um, they always have some guys that can really get after you. They're typically a well-coached team, and they will be tough to deal with, especially with Jabril Lindsay averaging over 16 points per game, close to 20 on the season. A really good swingman. Next up, Charlton County, 14-14. and 14. They are playing Portal 26-1, the Region 3 champs. Portal's number two in the state. It's senior year now for all these guys. Elijah Coleman, Amir uh, Jackson, who signed to play football at Florida, and then Joseph Thomas, who is averaging close to 17 points per game. That big three has won so many games, and it's super hard to believe that I don't think they've even made it to a Final Four yet. So it legitimately is now or never for the Panthers, and I think it is now I have Portal advancing. Next, we have 15 and 13 Taylor County, the three seed out of Region 6. They play Christian Heritage, Region 7, runner up. Lost again to uh, Green Force, 64 60. They got swept by Green Force for the second consecutive season. Unable to knock them up. Jax Abernathy going to Tribeca Nazarene, averaging close to 25 points per game, was the Region Player of the Year and the reigning Class A Division II Player of the Year. And once he has players hitting shots around him, Isaac Plavich uh, is a good shooter. He's got cash hair inside with him. And uh, Coach Watkins has done a nice job of going out and playing all these teams. They played Macon County on the road. They played Calhoun County on the road. They played Mitchell County on the road. They played all these teams. They put the mileage in from Dalton to go down south. Won a couple games, lost a couple games. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to beat Taylor County. Next up. We have Wilkinson County, 10 and 16. They are the four seed out of Region 5. Uh, you don't want to let them get hot because if they get to Macon, they do not lose. But I think that's a, a long, long trip away for them. They're playing at Warren County, 21 and 5, Region 8 champion, cracking into the poll at number 8 in the state. I like Warren County to win this game. Um, they've 
played well throughout the season. They do have a, a variety of players that lead them in scoring. Uh, one of their top go-to guys would be Tarosi Leslie at close to 13 points, and then Kosa Pender around the same in the low teens. Um, those two can make this team go in Warren County. I like them to advance past Wilkinson. Top right-hand side, Johnson County, 7-13, and 13, Region 5, number 3. They traveled to Green County, Region 8, number 2, 18-9. They lost to Warren County in that championship game, 67-51. Uh, but Green County, I like them to beat Johnson County, who is coming from a very small region um, that has not seen a lot of action at just 7-13. and 13. So I'm going Green County. I think they're playing in pretty good shape right now. Next, we have Chattahoochee County, 13-13, Region 6, number 4. They travel to Green Forest, the number one team in the state. The Region 7 champs are 22-4. Last year's loss at the buzzer in the Final Four to Charlton County, uh, which was I, I think it was banked in, um, that was uh, super shocking, and I don't think Lightning is going to strike twice. Green Forest should win this game, and I think Green Forest should probably go on to win the state title this year they have been excellent even with their two seven footers graduated uh, you've seen guys like um, Elijah Lewis super really super step up in the backcourt a really good score and then Caleb Coella bring that physicality and then Daniel Daramola a bouncy six seven forward inside next up Turner County the three seed out of region two they're 18 and 10 they play 18 and 10 region three two seed McIntosh County Academy McIntosh County Academy um, played Portal pretty well uh, in that region championship game. They lost 66-56, and they're coming off a win over Jenkins County, who was a two-seed heading into that tournament, 53-46. So there is reason to feel like McIntosh County Academy is trending in the right direction, and for that reason, I am going to go with MCA, MJ Quarterman, and Brandon Johnson, both those guys averaging close to 15 points per game. I like that tandem, and I think they're going to get the job done. Next up, Trutland, number nine in the state. They are the Region 4 champs at 20-6. and six. They play 17-11, and 11, Region 1, number four, Randolph Clay. Region 1, very deep, uh, very dangerous, but I'm going to go with Trutland here. Uh, they've picked up some nice wins throughout the season and have really kept their head above water. Uh, Trutland won that region championship by beating Wilcox County. And uh, I think this is a Trutland team that can win this game against Randolph Clay. But Randolph Clay, they will be battle tested. That is most for certain coming out of Region 1. They lost by 13 to Mitchell County in that semifinal matchup and then was defeated by Early County. 50 to 44 and mind you Randolph Clay was a six seed heading into that region tournament um, but they were able to scratch and claw their way into the state playoffs bottom right hand side Lincoln County the three seed out of region 8 15 and 8 overall they will see Hancock Central region 5 number 2 Hancock's just 11 and 11 overall but I'm going to go with Hancock Hancock does have some players that can definitely score the ball uh, Hancock has uh let's see who they got here uh Josiah Ingram is averaging 15 points per game and has been their go-to guy this year so I like them to continue to turn to him even though they don't have a great record it's always a tough place to play in Sparta especially this time of year next up Atlanta Classical 18 and 8 overall they're the four seed out of region 7 they play Macon County region 6 champs we saw Macon County uh take down 
in the championship game, Manchester 63-51. And they have been tough all year long, trying to make a deep run into the state tournament. I think that's very doable. But they're going up against Atlanta Classical. Miller McGowan is a electrifying score, averaging 25 points per game, shoots a three, does a lot well. But Macon County, I think they're physical. They play super tough nose defense. Frankie Reigns is a great guard, averaging 23 a game. You got Dontavius Collier averaging 19 points per game. I think that tandem will be able to shut down the McGowan tandem. And I like Macon County to advance. It's at home court advantage in Montezuma, and they got that athleticism and that toughness defensively. They really get after you down there, and I like Macon County to win. Next up, Jenkins County. They fell to the three seed in Region 3 at 19-7. They traveled to Clinch, 17-5, Region 2 runner-up. I am going with Clinch County to win this game. Clinch County um, lost in the Region Championship to Lanier County, but I think I'm going to go with them. Clinch, of course, Jeremy Bell, Jeremy Flight Bell. I believe he's still playing basketball this year. Um was initially supposed to go to like Indiana, but I think he might be going to Georgia now uh, as a football recruit. Uh, he is an exceptional athlete that can play above the rim and is very talented in the open court. So I would like to see Jeremy Bell is a big piece of the puzzle for this Clinch County team. And lastly, we move down to Dooley County, 9-15, and 15, Region 4, number 4, versus Mitchell County, Region 1, Champs. 22-5, Mitchell County is ranked number five in the state. Mitchell County is just going to be too strong for Dooley, even though they do have Bull Hall, a big-time scorer at Dooley County, um, and has probably set multiple records while over there. But I think Mitchell County, um, with Landon Quimbley and company, coming off a win over Calhoun County, their heated rival, they are soaring right now. So I got Mitchell County. Now we pick the final four. I have Calhoun County topping uh yeah, Calhoun County making it to the Final Four. I got Portal. I got Green Force and Macon County. I think that's a strong four right there. I could see Green Force defeating Macon County and Portal edging Calhoun County, who they defeated by, I believe, 3 points, 66-63 earlier in the season, if I'm not mistaken. I could see them hooking up again, and this time away from Calhoun County, uh, winning that game. But then I see Green Forest just too strong to beat in the state championship. So there you have it, folks. That is 128 games previewed and predicted. And I will be back for the Sweet 16. I will see you in the gym. And until next time, I'll see you then.